The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Craig. Welcome to the show. Well, <laughs> it's been an interesting season. There's no doubt we have a lot to talk about. Cooper's gone. Oh my gosh. What will happen next? We're going to hit on that and more here on show 515. Before I start this show, I got to thank the Silver and Black UK. What a fan club that is. Any of you who did go to London and participate in this great uh, round of events that they put on, truly grateful for their hard work. Thanks, Keith Smith, Kelly, Crossbones Kelly to be exact, Freddie, Gooby, Ollie, uh, Sarah. Uh, Those people worked so hard to make the experiences we had in London just memorable to the bone. Uh, What a great club. What a great time. Other than a team laying an egg or dropping a crap in the middle of the field in Wembley, the events were amazing. Thank you so much for your warm welcomes, your hard work, and dedication to the fan base of the Oakland Raiders. Because this team sure doesn't deserve it. Once again, thank you very much. All right, on today's show, we will have a fire sale going on in Oakland. Evidently so. Matter of fact, I've heard that the water boys are on the trading block along with the towel guy. So I think everything is up for grabs, including the seats at the Coliseum. I would nothing would surprise me. Uh, ab- absolutely not at this point. So that's definitely a story we're hitting on. Mari Cooper traded to the Dallas Cowboys. What a surprise. Hmm, not really. Is Tarek Carr next? We're going to hit on that and how that could happen because it sure seems like that is a possibility. That in the bone light should wrap up this show. So let's just get to business, shall we? sale in Oakland. Evidently so. Not that I'm making light of any of the fires that's happened there lately, but on another note, the Oakland Raiders are having a fire sale, folks. Everyone and everything is on the trading block. I'm not not sure if Veggie's not on the trading block, but uh, listen, man, we were sold a bill of freaking goods here in Oakland, and we ate it up. As a fan base, we sucked right up to the teat John Gruden, and uh, well, we believed everything he said. My shows, uh, I'll prove it. I was all in on John Gruden, as were a lot of us. And now, since we're having the fire sale, it's not so much about what he's done. It's what he has said before he has done it. And the impression that he's given the fan base, that I think sucks balls, literally. And some bullshit at the very top of the BS pile. Here are just a few quotes from Mr. Gruden when he 
got the job. Championship here in Oakland. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work my hardest and do my very best to bring a championship to the fans of Oakland because I just love them so much. Elsa Ross of San Francisco Chronicle, uh, you spoke about uh, your understanding and love of Raiders Nation. Can you talk about the team's plans to move to Las Vegas and how you feel about that? Well, uh, Mark can talk about the move to Las Vegas. I, uh, I'm a real short-term, goal-oriented coach. Um, big reason I'm here is my passion for the city of Oakland and this franchise. And the people in the black hole, if you're out there listening, I can't wait to see you guys, man. I really can't. And um, I'd like to fill that place with Raider fans at least seven or eight more times. Um, that's all I care about right now. Some of my great memories in life are in Oakland, and I want to give them two of the best years of football that I can possibly help deliver. Most of all, I love to win, and I'm going to do everything I can. No guarantees, no promises, but... I want to win. That's some bullshit. We're not tanking. I can tell you that. I'll say this. We're not tanking anything. You know, I hear the hatred out there. Some of the rumors that we're tanking it to get a first round pick or a higher pick. Um, you know, we're not getting up at four o'clock in the morning to tank it. Ain't nobody tanking it. Oh, bro. That's some bullshit. Cooper is a good kid. When you took this job, could you have imagined trading the players you've traded? Was that in your mind when you took this job? No, it wasn't. No, it was not. But um, like I said, the plans, you know, on first and ten, uh, when you run the ball or to gain six yards sometimes. So when you get a holding call or you get some adversity, uh, you got to respond. And it's a hard thing to do sometimes. Um, and we're doing what we think is best for the Raiders, uh, the Oakland Raiders, and the future of the Raiders. Oh, brother, that's some bullshit, baby. <laughs> oh, and Mac, Mac is a good man, too. He's a great guy. You made it clear starting at the first press conference that you had here that you want to win in two years that you're here in Oakland. How does this affect your ability to do that? Well, it's tough. You know, it wasn't my goal to trade Khalil when we got here. One of the reasons I'm here is because of him. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we had a standoff with the contract, and uh, we could not come to terms. And the Bears made us an offer, two first-round draft choices, and um, – here we are today. We have to put together a 53-man roster. It's hard. Uh, salary cap issues do exist. And there is an economic part of this thing, too, that you have to sit down and study, and you have to get a lot of information from a lot of people to see how it impacts you, a contract of that magnitude. Um, so, anyways, I, I can't answer any more questions other than we did the best we could, and um, we are sorry to see him go. We wish him the best. And we'll have to obviously do, do right with the picks that we did acquire. And the players on this roster got to step up. And that also is some bullshit. Do you like what the Raiders are doing? Well, you can like it from, from, or on paper uh, because if you acquire 
three first-round picks over the next two years, along with the third-round pick and the sixth-round pick. I can't sneeze at that. Obviously, like Dan Graciano pointed oh. out, um, you know, you're, gonna, you're, you're building for Vegas. We get all of that. The question is, did you hire the right man for the job? Um, and, I, and I take no pleasure in throwing that question out, but it needs to be said. When you give a man $100 million mm-hmm. and you're going to sit up there, I mean, a man that hasn't coached in 10 years, in the previous six years that he coached, he didn't win one single playoff game. He was 0-2 in those six seasons. Last time he did anything of football relevance on the football field, that is, because he certainly was an exceptional uh, uh, commentator and announcer for us uh, right here on ESPN on Monday Night Football. But as a football coach, he hadn't done anything since 2003. And there was questions as to what he really did because he inherited Tony Dungy's team. You give him $100 million, but you can't find any money for Khalil Mack. You're talking about compromising your culture. And I think that's what you have to pay attention to. People can speak to that, and they could dismiss that summarily, but it matters. I know that the people that I speak to in the National Football League are telling me there's some friction that goes on and that's going on in Oakland since he's arrived. There's people that's looking to leave. There's people that's not excited about being there. Uh, the, the, I don't think he. I don't think know, Gruden minds that. And I think he minds it because the team he's, in his image. he's remaking the yeah. team in his image. But what exactly is Gruden's image? He was an offensive guru. Derek Carr can't seem to work right now, and he was raving about him just weeks ago. Uh, prior to that, he was supposed to be some quarterback guru. Well, who did you do something for, Brad Johnson? Who was it? So the fact of the matter is that there are question marks about the guru status. Right. Mm. And, that, and, 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 and so just that, that's what I'm saying. Let, let me tell you what you said. First of all, the jokes on social media yesterday were actually funny. It's like they got three first-round picks now. They have enough draft capital to go out and get a pass rusher like Khalil Mack. <laughs> right? Right. But look, I, right. here's what Gruden is really doing. And, and we'll only know if this works or not based on the success that he has drafting players. But they're going to be his players. This is very much going to be Gruden's team. First year's a wash, right? Mm-hmm. It's a wash. No one's going to hold him accountable for this year because he's remaking the team. Next year, you're going to have rookie picks. The following year will be the last on Derek Carr's guaranteed money, like where you're really going to have dead cap hits and stuff like that. So you can get rid of Derek Carr after that. And clearly, he's not a very good quarterback. Okay. Then you draft a rookie quarterback. You're in year four. Now it's a rookie quarterback. You're not going to get judged on the rookie quarterback. You got another year. Are you seeing improvement? What John Gruden has done is not only given himself a ton of draft capital to remake the team, he's given himself a five- to six-year runway before he's realistically on the hot seat. Eh, Boy, that's that's, that's quite a trick. Yeah, that's, he, that's, that's a cute way to look at it. He had a 10-year contract anyway, Max. He's not giving himself anything he didn't already have. The, if you, you didn't think there was heat on book. him, there's heat on him in three weeks. I mean, the guy sitting across the table from you has been on his case since this thing started. Look, I have been there saying, hold on on John Gruden, hold on. There's a lot of armchair analysis really quickly about John Gruden, a lot of short-term thinking. The fact of the matter is, you have to be fairly impressed with what he's turned a bad situation into in a short amount of time. Everybody goes, oh, how could you lose Khalil Mack? Because the Raiders couldn't afford him. He did the best he could in a bad situation. And now he turns, according to you, Max, Amari Cooper into a massive overpay. I think this Gruden situation, this Raiders situation, was always a longer-term project than anybody truly appreciated. They weren't the 12-4 and team from two years ago. And now he's built up a massive war chest. By the way, I don't think he's done. I don't think that that horizon, that time frame you gave us, Max, is the true one. I think he's going to get more assets, get rid of more players. And I think... What he's done is going to put the Raiders in a situation where they can be really viable three to four years from now. Here's my issue with what you're saying, Will Kane. I have no problem with what John Gruden is doing as an executive. 
but you're ultimately the one that's got to coach the guys too. Mm-hmm. And that's where it becomes problematic. So is it possible that we can look at John Gruden while having profound respect for what he's doing in concert with Reggie McKenzie to sort of reshape and reformulate this team as an executive, basically, but then when you got to really implement this culture and but the coach thing is, this Stephen team, a- you might not be the guy for that job. I'm not saying that that's the case yet. I'm saying we don't okay. know. He raved about Derek Carr. He said, this is my guy. Everything about this franchise is this guy. And what have we all been saying? We've seen enough question marks from it to the point where a guy that was an all-pro and an MVP candidate just two years ago, we are now looking at Derek Carr and wondering whether or not he's next on the trading block. Exactly. And this is just weeks after John Gruden yes. has been raving about him. So think about that for but a but second and ask yourself, when do we ask something about John Gruden? The culture, the, and the, coaching, the culture and the coaching point will be seen, and I hear you on that. But that's not what the blue check brigade on Twitter is coming after John Gruden about. They're I going after the about the executive decisions. They're talking right, about but, but Will, the that's, you're talking trade. to my point. You're right. John Gruden cannot be fairly evaluated for at least three to four years. And trust me, when they get rid of Derek Carr, which they will, they can't do it now because he has zero trade value given his contract and the way he's been playing. Not zero, but not a lot right now. Mm. When they get rid of Derek Carr, it's going to be restarting with a rookie Mm. quarterback gives you at least two years. No one... Like so, Stephen A. May Stephen A. You may hold them accountable earlier. Most will not hold Gruden accountable for I say five to six uh, years. No way in hell. I promise you, John Gruden would quit first. He's got a buyout clause in his contract. He'll get most of his money if they stick like this for three Sorry or four years. Up. He will not stick Out around. Now, to be quite honest, he should have been quite honest. He should have said he's going to dismantle the team and make it in his likeness. We're going to do the best we can for the future of the Raiders. We have a lot of work to do in that spot, and that is evident, but it was never said. Can you say when you mentally adjusted that this might have to turn over some more? Was it during training camp? Was it during the preseason? Was it early this season? I'm not going to get into the roster that we inherited and who was a free agent, what we felt we needed, who was available, uh, why we drafted, who we drafted. There's a lot of decisions um, that um, I'm not going to rehash today. We're getting ready for the Colts. We're doing everything we can to build this team the right way, and uh, we'll continue to do that. Sometimes you make a decision based on tomorrow. Sometimes you make a decision based on today. A couple of decisions that we have made a lot went into. Uh, a, a lot more than I'm going to talk about here today. You can probably figure it out yourself. It had a lot more to do with just picking up a draft choice. There were a lot of things that were involved, and um, it's a lot to overcome, and it's a lot to swallow. And uh, it'll take a real man and a group of men to, uh, to play through it, and we get an opportunity to prove it. I mean, don't try to sell me a bag of jelly beans that has five dog turds in it. Tell me it's golden magic jelly beans. I mean, that's what happened here in Oakland with John Gruden. Every day is a new day, and uh, sometimes the plans that you have aren't the plans that um, you think are going to be executed. Things come up. So this is what happens when this is how you lead through deception. Okay, it's deceptive to the fan base, but just think if you're on the team. What was the message to the team about the Cooper trade today? What you tell us? I don't want to get into the messages to the team. That's not for 
uh, press conferences, uh, but we're doing everything we can to, um, honestly, Vic, we're doing everything we can to win games and certainly uh, build this football team. And uh, not everybody, I'm sure, understands you know, what's going on, but uh, I just want to say those two things. We're doing everything we can for the Raiders, for the team today and the team of the future, and sometimes it's a tough job. Do you think your players get that? Do they understand? Well, yeah, the you'd have to ask plan? the players, but the players I talk to get it. Certainly, they get it. And uh, they also know that um, every day is a new day, and um, sometimes the plans that you have aren't the plans that um, you think are going to be executed. Things come up. Opportunities arise, and um, I think they understand, but you'd have to ask them. How difficult a balance is it the building, building in the right way and then trying to win each week? Obviously, getting rid of guys like Cooper. It's hard to win, them. period. It's hard to win in this, in this league, period, no matter who you have on your team. It's a tough league, and um, certainly the two trades that we made uh, are going to be highly scrutinized, and I, I appreciate everybody's job that they have to do. But we had to make a decision, I say we, uh, as, a, as an organization, and uh, we're going to do every, everything we can to win on Sunday and win on Thursday and continue to improve. So last game, now you, uh, you're without your lead running back and arguably the top receiver coming in, how is the offense going to adjust? We've had to adjust a lot. We're missing uh, our left guard. We're missing our right tackle. Uh, we're missing our backup left guard right now. And we're missing our feature back and, like you said, now our, our Z. So it'll be an adjustment. Um, missing some players on defense, it's, it's going to be an adjustment. We do the best we can. We rely on the, the players that get an opportunity. What a great opportunity for Doug Martin. What a great opportunity for Colt Miller and Brandon Parker to continue to develop and improve. And um, what a great opportunity for us to keep coaching. John, you told Chris Mortensen the other day that we're not trading anymore. Does that mean you are absolutely not trading anybody before? I wouldn't say, you know, what I told Chris Mortensen. I, I, uh, I was quoted on what I said to Chris Mortensen. Um, I don't see us making any more trades. I didn't see us making a trade the other day. I really didn't. But sometimes, like I said, uh, your plans change, whether you like it or not. You don't know who's going to call you and what they're going to say. You really don't. Uh, that goes in all phases of life. But uh, I don't see us making any more trades. But I'll never say never again to anybody. If I said never to you, I'm sorry. I don't think I did. Somebody calls about Derek Carr. That's not. I'm a, not going to speculate about that today. I don't see us making any more trades. Certainly, I don't see us trading our quarterback. Coach, with uh, Amari now gone, what do you see, or what do you expect from Martavis and Jordy going forward? Well, we need everybody to step up. You know, we need uh, we need everybody. DeAndre Washington, Jalen Richard, everybody's role will change. You lose a really good player, everybody has to step up. And Jordy obviously is going to be playing multiple positions. I think you'll see more of Seth Roberts. I think LaFell's a good player. He's played at a high level. He's been in a Super Bowl. He knows how to play this offense. So we'll lean on all our receivers and certainly our tight ends as well. With the running back situation, do you expect to have Doug be the main guy or could Jalen get more carry or how do you work DeAndre? Yeah, we think Doug's a feature back. You know, he's had 1,500 yards in this league twice. He's practiced hard. He's ready to go. And, uh, I think you've all seen Jalen Richard has carved out a unique role. He's a really good player. We'll try to get more out of him, as we have been doing in recent weeks. And to have DeAndre back, a guy that Raider fans know can run it and catch it, uh, gives us some versatility that we'll try to use as well. How do you say you're going to make the best decisions that are best for the future of the Raiders? 
defined future for you? How far out are you looking? I'm not sure I understand your question. Earlier you said you're going to look to make decisions that are the best for the Raiders and the Raiders in the future. So when you say future, what is your timeline? What is the future? One season? Two seasons? The end of this season? It depends on what decision we're making here. Sometimes you make a decision based on tomorrow. Sometimes you make a decision based on today. A couple of decisions that we have made, a lot went into. A, a, a lot more than I'm going to talk about here today. You can probably figure it out yourself. It had a lot more to do with just picking up a draft choice. There were a lot of things that were involved, and um, it's a lot to overcome, and it's a lot to swallow. And uh, it'll take a real man and a group of men to, uh, to play through it, and we get an opportunity to prove it. John, the, have the two big trades that you've made resulted in any difficult conversations with Mark Davis, or is he you know, fully on board and giving you carte blanche to move ahead as you, want, as you wish? No, he's, uh, I'm not going to speak for the owner. You know, he's available. I'm sure you can talk to him. Um, we're working together. Reggie McKenzie, Mark Davis, myself, our coaching staff, trying to, as I said, get some stability here, uh, get this football team uh, to a point where we can compete for championships. And um, it's hard to do without guys like we've traded, but it's also exciting to think that uh, somewhere down the road we'll have a chance to uh, to pick some pretty good players. I don't know if you want to get into this area, but Amari was pulled off of the field during practice because of the deal being done. Uh, players weren't told until this morning in terms of you talking to them. Why the wait for you? Well, nothing's official. You know, I, I thought I, maybe I should find out for sure what was going on. I don't even know if the trade's official yet, honestly. So, uh, you know, look, there's people working in the building where we're out here on the practice field. We just don't turn the lights off. So I'm not going to get into any more, okay? It was an uncomfortable thing. It's not the first time I've seen it. It's not the last time I've seen it. And it's not the first time it's happened in the league, and it's not the last time, but it is the trade deadline looming, and sometimes uh, – you know, trades happen that are unexpected and untimely. Two more guys. You guys are talking about making the Cooper the centerpiece of the offense. Why weren't you guys able to do that? Why didn't that uh, work out the way you planned? Well, he had some good games. He had some good games. You know, we had six games together. All right, I'm not going to uh, – I know I said some things, and, and, and really you can, you can uh, go back and, and remember what I said in Indianapolis. I saw him as a young emerging star. Um, but what obviously happened is we felt – uh, we got an opportunity to improve this team, and there were a lot more things that went into it than just who we're throwing the ball to. Um, and I don't want to really get into it anymore, Vic. Um, we made a tough decision. We're going to live with it. What can this time do, offer, uh, do for Derek for the last couple of weeks to have a, a bye week to heal up outlook-wise? I, yeah. I think it's great. I think Derek's doing a lot of good things. I know there's reports out there that the team has, uh, you know, I heard that there's a report out there that a, a phantom unnamed source uh, was was uh, was was curious as as to some things about Derek. Uh, I think Carr is going to be fine. You know, we got a lot of moving pieces now on offense, and it's tough on a quarterback in the first year of his system. It's doubly tough. So uh, I'm going to keep supporting him. I know I believe in him. I know he's going to be a great player. And uh, you watch and see, he'll play just fine on Sunday. Now, if you're on the team and you're looking around and all of a sudden there's a l empty locker here that's a great player oh there's another great player there's another great player hey wait a minute i'm hearing these guys are on the trading block and the mumbling and the grumbling in the locker room starts and it doesn't stop it doesn't stop because the coach doesn't stop it because the coach don't give a crap because it's full of that's right bullshit
You know, this is all a product because they are parsing John Gruden's words from earlier this year or even recently about not making any trades. So I'm really challenging uh, the observers of this and the members of the media who are the conduits to the observers that are not you know, privy to be around John. Uh, you got to be smarter. He cannot tell the absolute truth, right? I mean, come on. What do you expect him to say? He's not going to tell you the truth. You've been covering sports long enough. You've been observing it long enough. That's what happens here. Is John saying too much? Yes. Uh, Does he have, you know, a relationship with the people at ESPN, his former employers, and Chris Mortensen and Adam Schefter? Maybe not Schefter as much as Mort. In any event, yes, he does. In fact, his uh, agent, when he was the coach of the Warriors, Bob Lamont, used to use Chris Mortensen to leak things out Hmm. constantly. So you, you just have to understand that he's not going to be able to tell you the honest truth. And the reality is the deadline is coming up on Tuesday at 1 o'clock, our, our time, and everybody's in play. Yeah. So he's not going, he cannot, in his position, tell you the absolute truth, but he should uh, use his words more selectively like a politician. And uh, the one thing that I, you know, going back to the offseason, the one concern I had with him without an Al Davis-type presence around, or Al Davis in particular, to keep him in line, uh, how would he handle the media? And I remember the first uh, off-season event he was at, an owner's meeting or something where he was at a you know breakfast table. He was talking at you know length about all kinds of things. And he definitely had changed being a broadcaster. Uh, he was much more open with the media than he'd been before. And he knew Al was listening. Right. Uh, and he would put his uh, black or white patent leathers up his ass if he said <laughs> something he didn't like <laughs> right away. But the one thing that can concern me about John when he was the coach of the team before, and the word that I've used consistently is disingenuous. Uh, in that case, he would say things to players and then tell things to people in the building about players that were different, and they would get back to the player. Right Now, whether or not he's doing that internally, I don't know, or if he's bunkering down, but he's talking to the media more with a more cavalier-type attitude or no one to buffer him because, you know, he's the guy. So, but really, I mean, as far as we're not, you know, and the players are talking about, do they really want to do this? Yeah, he wanted the win. The Khalil Mack trade happened for a variety of reasons. I believe John has taken the brunt of this for the owner, that they just could not afford to pay him. And they had to move on. Now, to do it on September the 1st is a monumental error. The Amari Cooper trade is a different situation. You're one in five. Do you want to pay him 14 mil? He's an underachiever. Uh, maybe he needs to move on. Does he love football? All those kind of things. So, But really, uh, if you're going to rip John Gruden about for everything he says, put yourself in his position, and you know the organization. Uh, or if Damari came to you and said, I want to be traded, whatever the reality is, Bonte, you cannot tell a player, I want to trade you because you may not be right. able to. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. So I don't expect John Gruden to... Uh- the facts speak for themselves. It's not just me and conjecture. I'm not the only fan who sees it this way. We were sold a bill of goods that was a bill of bull crap. To really tell the truth, in, in terms of all their business dealings or whatnot, who would do that? That's you'll, you'll never see that in sports. But here's the thing that really concerns me. Vic Tafer wrote for The Athletic yesterday that he talked to several players off the record. Off the record. Now, none of these players wanted to be named, of course, and they, they're talking about Gruden and one player said, hey, you have to wonder if we haven't play, been playing for draft picks all along, despite everything the coaches told us at training camp. To, uh... Now, on another note, quite honestly, it's very smart. 
I think it's good that we have five first-round picks in the next two seasons. We probably have a few more. If he can get rid of Carr, it'd be a great thing. Why is Derek Carr now, you know, the max has gone, Amari's gone, they're on John. Why, why is, do you think Derek has a bullseye on his back, and is there a shred of truth that it is coming from inside the locker room, or is it an outside perception? Well, I, look, I think it's mainly because Derek Carr is the quarterback and he's the lone star left. I mean, I think when you look at, at this team, you know, who gets the, the brunt of the criticism and the question uh, on any team in any franchise? It's the head coach. If you're a rock star head coach like John Gruden is, who also has some personnel power, then obviously he's going to get uh, the brunt of it. You know, Khalil Mack was this team's best football player coming into this season. He goes away. Amari Cooper is a guy that, you know, many believe is going to go on to be a you know a great receiver in this game and have a great career those two guys are now gone and you know the 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 belief was that John Gruden was going to come in and help Derek Carr play better and for whatever reason it it just hasn't worked out so he's the one guy that's left and I also think it goes back to look I get the point Lee Smith was trying to make I mean he was trying to say hey look you know we all may have our differences in terms of politics or race or this or that that, but the bottom line is we're a football team and we all we all support each other as football players and as men even if we disagree on certain issues we support you know our guy and, and so uh, I, I think that was the, the bigger point obviously that Lee was trying to make as far as Carr getting the brunt of it I think it's a matter of where else are you really going to go? I mean, how many uh, and how many franchises do you really blame the offensive line? I mean, you really got to be, uh, you know, in-depth X's and O's type of guy. Uh, as Greg, I know you you are, and, and, and we, Bonte, we all watch the game similarly in that respect. But I, I think it's a matter of when everything starts to, to flame out in a season, you go to the headliners. And Derek Carr and John Gruden are the last two headliners remaining, so they've got to deal with the brunt of it. And I also think there's a belief that the quarterback has to hold everything up, that the quarterback has to, you know, Aaron Rodgers, for example. If this guy's going to be a great quarterback, well, Aaron Rodgers holds the Packers up to, to 9, 10 wins, you know, may, probably this season when maybe they're a six-win football team. And I think people, you know, if you think Derek Carr's on that level or can be at some point in his career, then he needs to be able to hold this team up in some ways on his own and he just hasn't done it he's building a team for las vegas no doubt what a surprise that is it would have been nice as an oakland fan to know what was going on but you wanted to rip us all off my tickets honestly are worthless my tickets and oakland coliseum i could not give them to the seagulls and they eat everything bro so the deceptiveness of John Gruden. You can hear it in his own words. The Khalil Mack trade was a it was a blow to him. And then the knockout punch with Amari Cooper. The Mack trade was a real stiff jab, but the Cooper one was a knockout punch, especially because we had just walked back in the door from a bye week. We didn't want to believe it was coming, and Coach said we weren't going to trade him. Now you have a locker room here that is basically fractured, Pop, that is basically talking about, well, this guy tells us one thing, as you were just talking about. And these were the same reports we kind of heard out of Tampa Bay. Simeon Rice was very outspoken when he was a Buccaneer, and you know he told John Gruden would tell him, hey, you're going to be here for the next five years he gets hurt 
Next thing you know, John Gruden doesn't say a word to him the rest of the time he's in Tampa Bay. So we've heard this before from players about John Gruden. What do you make of the report that several uh, you know, unnamed it's, players? It's, it's the it's the poison that will infiltrate a one in five locker room. I mean, that's just that that's what happens here. Players are going to speak out. I, I you know, uh, John Gruden had every intention of winning this year. There is no doubt. The Khalil Mack situation, you have to put it over to the side. And it just it was not resolved well. It could have been resolved earlier or later. Uh, I think, you know, you just make him sit and come in. You could take two different approaches. If you knew you could not play and pay him anywhere near that figure because you don't have that kind of cash laying around that has to go into escrow, then trade him last March or trade him this March. Or don't trade him and make him play. He's in the final year of his contract. He's a dominant player. He's maybe the best player any of these men will ever coach or draft in their lives. He's that good of a player. He has a chance to be a Hall of Famer if he stays healthy. So to trade him is ridiculous, ridiculous. So, but why did you do it? I, you know, that, that's a separate discussion. So I think John got fed up. Get him out of here. Just make the best deal. Get him out of here. Let me go coach the team. Well, you're starting to lose. You lost the first game. You were in it. Game was tied at 13 late in the third quarter. All of a sudden you get rolled. You wound up losing by 20. You know, the Denver game, you, you know, you should have kicked a field goal. We go all the games. Right. You, so you keep losing. This happens. And then, you know, you got a, a new set of eyes, a new coaching staff. This is kind of, I know it's gotten way worse than we thought. And the Khalil resolution, I did not see any sane football person trading Khalil Mack ever, let alone then. Just wouldn't do it. Didn't have to do it. But that, so then, you know, there's a lot of factors here. And when you start to look at the losses, and it's a new set of eyes with John and all of his coaches. They they don't like this roster. They gave us a lot of hints in the offseason when they brought in all these 30-something guys right. to try to patch it together. Uh, John wants to win, so you're looking at it. He's not tanking. He is trying to deal with Spider-2Y Banana and the Indianapolis Colts coming in on right. Sunday. He wants to win. He's incredibly competitive. But, uh, you know, he, 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 again, judge an organization and a man by their actions not their words. He's not going to come out and say, I hate this roster. I want to get them all out of here. Well, what's he doing? So you have to be a little smarter and understand, again, put yourself in John's shoes. And with Simeon Rice, it all changed. It just amazes me because that deception doesn't just happen for the fans. As a member of the team, and incidentally, look at the staff reaction. Now, you say you can't, but oh, yes, my friends, you can see the displeasure in the staff as they walk around the king, the King Gruden, on the field. I thought should have been the MVP of Super Bowl 37 against the Raiders. He was dominant in that game. But it's a cold business, and once you get injured... Uh, you're not your value obviously decreases. I can't speak to that. One last thing I want to read from Lee Smith. He spoke yesterday to the athletic and here's what he had to say. He goes, of course, I'm concerned about the locker room. I am a leader on this team and I am under contract next year. But more importantly, I care about my teammates. I care about Hudson, Jackson, Carr, Irvin, all of them. And I know how hard guys work all year. Guys don't work their asses off year round because they are worried about the team being good in two or three years. They work hard to win. Now, nobody was happy when we traded Khalil. Nobody Nobody was happy when we traded Amari. How could you be? 
You ever want to trade elite homegrown talent? But Coach Gruden is thinking long term. It's no secret that he got a 10-year contract, and having five first-rounders in the next two years is pretty good. And he has been clear about his open-door policy. If guys have a problem with this trade, they can go sit in his office and tell him. And that's what I wonder if the players are coming up, coming up to John Gruden Come saying, what, what, what's this about? Is it's it about not their this concern. Do your job or I'm going to trade you or cut you. And what Lee Smith said is fine. You're making a big issue because an article was written. There's articles written every five minutes. It, he doesn't have any obligation to tell them anything. He does not. Amari got traded right in the middle of a Monday walkthrough off a of bye week. But how can it you say you want to win now? This happens. How, how can you uh, want to say you win now when you're bragging about having five uh, first-round uh, draft picks in the next two years? Judge a man by his actions, not his words. All right. All right, we got more sound coming up from John Gruden. He addresses Derek Carr's future, and John Dickinson will give us a vibe from Alameda at 1230 here on the Afternoon Delight. How important is it to tr- get trust from a player in their coach? We'll talk about all this right here on 95.7 The Game. Now back to the Greg Papa Show on 95.7 The Game. Define future for you. How far out are you looking? I'm not sure I understand your question. That you're going to look to make decisions that are the best for the Raiders and the Raiders in the future. So when you say future, what is your timeline? What is future? One season? Two seasons? The end of this season? It depends on what decision we're making here. Sometimes you make a decision based on tomorrow. Sometimes you make a decision based on today. A couple of decisions that we have made, a lot went into. A, a, a lot more than I'm going to talk about here today. You can probably figure it out yourself. That is John Gruden, a little less than an hour ago at Harbor Bay Parkway at the Raiders facility in Alameda, addressing the future of the team. Kind of avoided the question there. But, Pop, we didn't get into the last segment here, and we'll play some sound from John Gruden, and John Dickinson will join us at 1230 to give us a vibe from Alameda. Um, We we think about all the former coaches, all the great coaches and all the players and everything. You know, Bill Walsh would cut a player a year before, you know, before – that player necessarily thought he was done, but at least Bill Walsh was truthful in that sense, saying, hey, look, I'm going to cut you here. Uh, it seems like players... How do you know that? Probably, I read a lot of books. I okay. talked to, to a lot of people. Did he tell every player that he was going to trade him before talk, he traded talk him? Talked to a lot of people. Bill well, Walsh was you, honest. Okay, when you cut a player, that's different, because you're going to cut a player. Trade when you on. trade a player, would he tell them before, I'm going to trade you next week? No, not necessarily, uh, but cutting a player, that's okay, at least you, truthful. Because you're cutting him right there. When cut, you're cutting cut, him, hey, you're cutting him. Well, you're telling him, hey, right, this is what on, we're thinking about doing here. This is make, what we're doing. But make, look, make it seems like players, they trust Steve Kerr. Players trust Kyle Shanahan, even though they're one and six. Players are still playing for it hard for Kyle Shanahan. The Giants, they haven't won in a couple years. They still trust Bruce, Bruce Bochy. The A's, they trust Bob Melvin, right? How can these players necessarily trust John Gruden when he says one thing it does something completely different is you you keep using the word disingenuous disingenuous this whole this second regime this second part two of John Gruden with the Oakland Raiders it seemed like it's been one big lie after another pop you can't trust the guy okay but we have to take it he's getting I can tell in his tone here he is getting royally pissed pissed but the requirements and it's the league requirement uh, where he's got to talk to the media, what every uh, every Monday, every Sunday, obviously. Uh, what is it on Wednesday? They talk. Yeah. I don't think they have to talk Thursday. Might be the court. coordinators do, right. and then Friday. Jesus, I mean, I wonder, you know, if he regrets that he's not in the booth with Boog and Wit. Uh, they wouldn't be in the booth if he was there, right? 
Uh, I, it's just how far this has fallen in a short period of time is amazing. We talked about John Gruden coming back to coach in the NFL and specifically in a dream, this team, for a long, long time. And I'm the one that told you ahead of time before it happened, it was going to happen. Right. And the, the, the amount of backlash that is happening is monumental. And it's, it's because of the Khalil Mack trade and the mismanagement of that. Uh, I don't know what John, what was John's remark about, you know, we do things involving winning except for one, and then he laughed. Uh, I, I think, you know, you can hear, you can say what you want. John has taken a lot of grief here. Uh, the owner doesn't talk at all. Uh, the reality is, why did they trade Khalil Mack? Was it the fact that the owner just could not write him a check for $90 million? And they had to they had to move on. Uh, I, I think that is a huge part of it. We'll see if anybody wants to tell the truth one day. But they mishandled the timing of the trade, the compensation for the trade, the fact you had to trade him. If you decided all offseason to play hardball with him, then play hardball right. with him. It's your career, Khalil. You're right. going to the Hall of Fame. But if you're not playing, then, you're, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's what I would tell Patrick McCall. What are you doing? Right. But you're Khalil Mack. It's a whole different thing. So anyway, uh, he, is getting, he is getting pissed off by all of this. The difference between all those men, and Bill Walsh was tough. He was tough. He, 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 would, he would cut you a year too early. Then he would, you know, like Al Davis would hold on, or Red Arbach. You know, right. Red Arbach should have traded that whole front line at one point. He couldn't do it. So, but I don't think Bill Walsh told a player before he had to tell a player, I'm trading you until the trade is official. Why would you do that? That is stupid. Because if the trade, and there's enough rumors out there, and in baseball, you know, guy clears waivers, and there's a lot of that that comes out organically through the media and the Players Association or the agents who want to tell everybody what they know about their player that it's hard to keep it in-house. But we're sure as hell not going to tell you what we're doing before right. we have to do it. As far as the other play, uh, people that you want to lump John in, John also runs, whether or not they want to admit it, the personnel of the team. He does not, Kyle Shanahan does not trade people, John Lynch does. Bruce Bochy does not make trades. Yes, they talk to them, but they, they don't do that. Bob Myers, whenever we, he comes on the air, we know what to not ask him because he's smart enough not to answer right. anything that's going to get a player, get him boxed in and tell you what he truly thinks about a player on his roster, or he can't talk about another roster. So it's the fact that John is being asked questions about the personnel of the Raiders and not the coaching of the Raiders. And why is that? Because he, since he's come in, he shot a cannonball through the whole locker room in large respects, or he's not playing players, or he openly criticized, criticized the young players on the roster that have been recently drafted. And the owner did tell Scott Bear from NBCSportsCalifornia.com, the Raider Insider, that uh, you know, things have changed for Reggie, and he has to go get players that John wants. I, I think, you know, the way they work this is that Reggie and Joey and all the people in his offense are the intermediaries. Right. Where John, you know, it, we're going to trade Amari Cooper. I heard that Amari Cooper came to the Raiders and asked to be traded. I don't know what's true or not. I have no That's problem with that That's the first time I've heard trade. that. First time I, I've heard I, that. That's, well, I just told you that. So <laughs> wow. I read it in a book, Bonte. That's right. Oh, okay, okay. What right, book was so that so I, I can go buy it? So, uh, Green Apple Books is right down the street. Hold on, hold on. So uh, 
you know, I, I don't know what I had a train of thought and you interrupted me. But anyway, I, I, you're, you're, if you want to, what is the exercise here? That you want to rip John Gruden? I don't. I don't want to rip John Gruden anyway. I, I don't care about ripping John Gruden. But the point is here. We here we are in October. We're getting ready for the Battle of Bay. I know they have a game against the Colts, but the Battle of the Bay is next Thursday. We thought this would be a highly competitive game. It didn't turn out that way. It didn't turn out that way. But when Gruden got here, I remember with the whole Raider Nation, everybody was happy. And I remember we got into an argument the day of the press, and I said, "Why?" Everybody's saying, okay, he's got $100 million. This team is going to get and back on track. He said he had to win right I away. Said he, I did he say he had to win right away. He said if he's not in the playoffs, you're out of the fire. I didn't say, I didn't say fire him. I didn't say fire him. You were hot taking no, 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 no. I didn't yeah, say second, fire go ahead, him. Go ahead, go ahead, I said this guy's not all that. When you look at whatever, what happened in Tampa Bay, I thought he won that Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's team. Now, he did help take that team over the top, and it was a perfect storm to play your former team in the Super Bowl and know the whole damn playbook. Know everything what Rich Gannon was doing, the puff fakes, everything. So you win that Super Bowl. Good. But after that, you look at what happened in Tampa Bay. Highly mediocre offenses. For a guy who is coined as an offensive genius, they never aver- they were never better than 18th in rankings. Uh, they were never better than 9-7. and so seven. now you're ripping First him round, as a coach. No, I'm just saying he's not all that. Everybody, for some reason, held him as football Jesus. Oh, John Gruden is his play, great play caller and this and that. The Tampa Bay years, you look at his drafts, you look at the way they performed on offense, it was ter- It was very mediocre. So I told people, I cautioned people, hey, look, if he doesn't win right away, not don't necessarily fire him, but I think you should temper your expectations. And now, not only temper the expectations, he's gutted this roster. He's gutted this roster, so how can any fan, any Raider fan, anybody around the NFL have any fan? faith in him drafting correctly. Yeah, sure, you got five first-round picks in the next two years, but he's proven that he can't draft. You look at Tampa Bay, look at all the players he's drafted. He's proven that he has missed picks left and right. They better get somebody in here to work alongside John Gruden because he's going to tear this franchise to the ground before they get to Vegas. Wow, you ripped his a-hole. Um, I hear you, and I, I, you know, I think the biggest concern, uh, you know, you could criticize him and his player evaluation, which I think is a huge question mark, and I said that. He's a great offensive mind uh, a lot of these guys that you want to uh you know put in the hall of fame right now and unbeaten records learned when they were in diapers under john john was john did all this way years ago it's interesting that since he's come back he has gotten to be more conservative uh not a lot of uh i thought it would be more uh dramatic pre-snap motioning he would take football to a higher level with tempo he's not doing a whole lot that i i don't know why exactly but I'm not going to question him as a football coach, a play designer. It's an overall leader of men uh, and being involved in defense. But the real issue you bring up is the personnel. And I think uh, when they hired him and convinced him to come out of retirement, and he could have made a lot of money, whether or not ESPN wanted to, and they're firing people left and right, whether or not they didn't want to pay him that money anymore, I guarantee you, uh, Sunday night football would have, any network would have hired him immediately. He could have gone to work doing all his Gruden camp uh, with the NFL network directly. He could have made that money. But he wanted to come back and coach. And I think the, the real issue is here, the Raider organization had their eye on him coming back for years, for years and years and years. And uh, the owner just, now that he, in order to get him to come out of retirement, you know, there were all kinds of crazy reports that he was going to get ownership of the team. He didn't wind up getting that, but he did get, and he says he didn't get that full deal. Who knows? But the reports are he got a 10-year deal at $100 million, which he backloaded 
The first five years, he's getting 25 reportedly. In the last five, he's getting 75 to overcome the tax issue of California versus Nevada, which would save him a lot of money. Derek Carr did the same thing. The reality is Derek Carr may not play in Las Vegas to get that money because player contracts are not guaranteed like coaching contracts are not guaranteed. So you can rip John, and obviously the way it's gone uh, is just uh, who thought it would go this badly. But I think, and I would equate it to Chris Cohan with the Warriors, he really didn't have the acumen to hire a coach. He didn't know where to go. And we love St. Lee, but that's why he brought St. back to run the team, is he just did not have enough knowledge or contacts in the league to be able to make a credible hire on a coach. So he kept going to John because he knew John from when his dad traded him. Uh, he knew Jack Del Rio because Jack Del Rio played at Hayward High. He didn't really know. He doesn't have the ability to do that, to really handpick a coach that is a young up-and-comer on a staff and say, wow, look at this young OC. Who's that guy? Bring him in here. Uh, so, you know, let's let's interview a coach that <laughs> we hired 30 years ago and fired and the whole deal. So I, I think he just, in order to get John back on board, this is what the deal was going to be, and they agreed to it. Was there any negotiation with Bob Lamont? Hell no. Nope. So now, and I, we always question, it's not John can coach. We know he can coach. We questioned uh, his patience, for one, and the fact that he would, he would have complete autonomy on the roster. And I, I don't, from what I've heard from people who are reporters who are supposed to be in the know, but who knows if you trust them, there's no clause in his contract that allows them. I don't know how it's exactly written. So there's two different ways. Does he have a clause in his contract that requires them to give him complete say over the 90, over the 53-man roster? I would venture yes. He may have that specifically put in. If it's not in, then do you have the ability over time to bring in more people? Now, he's got Dave Rosano in there. Uh, would you consider bringing Michael Lombardi back? He liked Michael. Bruce is more of a contract guy. Do you need Bruce Allen to come back? Maybe you have to hire more people that John really has faith in to do this because it does appear, and Reggie speaks the other way about it, but they're very different people. And, you know, whether or not Reggie stays and he lets him to do his job, but we never questioned John's ability to call, play, diagram plays. It was his ability to really be the, the GM of the team on top of that, and that's where he's failing. And that's tough. We had Mike Holmgren on who said he spent 70% of the time coaching when he was also the GM. It is a tough thing to do when you're double duty, when you're you're, playing, you're in a personnel office uh, on one in some parts of the day, and then on the football field in another part of the day. That's just difficult. Belichick does it, but he's got a lot of guys around him. I want to play this before we bring John Dickinson on. Gruden was asked about him telling Chris Mortensen there will be no more trades. I wouldn't say, you know, what I told Chris Mortensen. I I, uh, I was quoted on what I said to Chris Mortensen. Um, I don't see us making any more trades. I didn't see us making a trade the other day. I really didn't. But sometimes, like I said, your plans change, whether you like it or not. You don't know who's going to call you and what they're going to say. You really don't. Uh, that goes in all phases of life. But uh, I don't see us making any more trades. But I'll never say never again to anybody. If I said never to you, I'm sorry. I don't think I did. Somebody calls about Derek Carr. That's not. I'm it. not going to speculate about that today. I don't see us making any more trades. Certainly, I don't see us trading our quarterback. I know there's reports out there that the team has. Uh, you know, I heard that there's a report out there that a, a phantom, unnamed source uh, was was, cre- uh, was was curious as as to some things about Derek. 
I think Carr is going to be fine. You know, we got a lot of moving pieces now on offense, and it's tough on a quarterback. In the first year of his system, it's doubly tough. So uh, I'm going to keep supporting him. I know I believe in him. I know he's going to be a great player. And uh, you watch and see, he'll play just fine on Sunday. What's your reaction to that, Pop? You know, I, he, again, he started out by giving you a no comment, and then he just talked himself into trouble. And he's just, he needs, you know, they, they, the PR people, and I'm sure they're scared to death of him around there, but somebody needs to just give him advice that he can use. I, I go back to when he was hired. The decision that Al Davis had was Bill Belichick or John Gruden. Could not be a more different football coaches, could not be more different people, could not, could not be more different dealing with the media. He's got Belichick tells you nothing because he wants you to know nothing so you can come back and use it against him. He started out by saying no comment, pretty much. I'm not going to tell you about that. Then he just started to talk again. And I think it's just as he was like that when he was younger, but not to this extent. I, I noticed at his first press conference when he met the, the media at the owners' meetings in the offseason, he's just the, the Monday night football booth brought out the verbose John Gruden to a higher level. And I think somebody's got to tell him, Coach, you're talking too much. <laughs> I agree. He is talking a little bit too much. Let's bring in John Dickinson here, Boots on the Ground, who's live in Alameda at the Raiders practice facility at Harbor Bay Parkway. John, J.D., welcome back to the Afternoon Delight here on 95.7 The Game. Just kind of give us your vibe of what you just saw there from John Gruden and later on Derek Carr. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, just a, a day of explaining, basically, uh, from John Gruden and, and Derek Carr. Uh, I was interested to get into the locker room as well after Coach Gruden and, and Carr spoke. You know, Carr had was asked about the, the rumors and, and speculation about him, and, and he quoted his brother, which he, he does quite frequently, uh, his brother telling him, hey, you know, if, if the, the Colts are going to get rid of Peyton Manning, then, you know, you're going to get released one day, too, or you're not going to be maybe on the team that you think you're going to be on for your entire career. Uh, you guys played a good portion of uh, of the best parts from from Coach Gruden there. I was interested to get in the locker room, uh, which was an absolute ghost town. There were three people in the locker room. Uh, Marcel Aitman was one of them. Maurice Hurst was another one. And then there were a two other players uh, in there uh, as well. It, it kind of cleared out. Jordy Nelson came in at one point uh, to kind of be a, a team spokesman type. He uh, addressed some questions and said he supports Carr. You know, this is part of the business as far as what happened with Amari Cooper. Gave very canned and, and appropriate answers. And then Lee Smith came in. And I know you guys are going to play uh, this audio from Lee Smith. He, he came in and just passionately went off uh, with regard to, you know, the reports are a joke about the, the team not backing Carr or not thinking that he's tough. Uh, he went on a, a, a three-minute tangent about how his wife was watching some of the, the, the NFL shows and heard what people were saying about Carr and, and brought him into it and... and he felt he needed to come out and make a stand uh, and make a, a comment uh, in support uh, of of his quarterback. He called it horse bleep. Uh, you know, at one point, uh, the reports and that everybody uh, you know should backs him in the locker room as a man, as a quarterback, as a leader. So it was an interesting, interesting day to kind of encapsulate the, the the top four players on that Raiders roster that actually spoke to everybody. Yeah, we are going to hear that Lee Smith audio in just a bit, but we have to put it through the uh, truth machine. Beep! <laughs> to get all the uh, horse beep out of it. Uh, did the media really ask Derek Carr at any point today 
that he cried during the game in London, JD? Uh, not not directly. Uh, you know, it was it was kind of indirectly asked, and he kind of he kind of laughed at the fact. Uh, he he gave an answer to it though. He he kind of laughed and and said that his trainer uh, sent him pictures. You know, uh, with that same face when he's working out, lifting weights. Uh, you know, he he also ran down the list as as he's prone to do of all the different injuries he's had, going back to the the injury against the Colts on, on Christmas Eve in 2016. You know, breaking his back uh, last year and playing through it. And and he said, well, that that you know that that injury against against Seattle, that that one really got me. And then he he went on to say that his trainer had sent him a, a picture of him making the exact same face with the exact same look when he. You know, going through a, a lifting program as well, so he kind of made light of it uh, as it was intimated, but maybe not asked directly. I, I do think he gave uh, you know a, a roundabout response to it and, and tried to kind of laugh it off, which uh, it, it, really nothing different than, than we're used to seeing from Derek when he's been asked about you know anything in the past. Yeah, beyond the you said this a month ago and now you're doing this, you're a liar. Q and A, uh, you know, line of questioning for John. <laughs> um, did did he talk about Amari Cooper as a football player at all, JD? He did, and he went back to you know when he met with everybody at the combine, and he referenced that. Uh, his meeting with reporters back then, uh, you know, after he had taken the job, and it was really the first time he met with everybody since the the press conference back in in early January when when he was officially named the, the coach of the Raiders. And no, he he said that that he really believed at that point in time that that Amari Cooper was going to be a star for him, that he was going to be a great player for him, uh, and but it it didn't work out. Uh, but he he had a lot of positive things to say he just kept going back to things change things change in life things change in a football field at one point he referenced the fact that hey it's first and 10 and you have a play drawn up and and you think you're going to get six seven yards and then you get a holding penalty and it's it's first and 20 when you think it's going to be second and, and two or three and you have to adjust uh you know he, he tried to use a play calling type of analogy with it where you think things are going to be one way and then they go a completely different way but no he he reiterated the fact that he really thought amari cooper was going to be a, a hell of a good football player for him but for whatever reason uh it, it didn't work out and i'm still not sure guys whether it's it didn't work out with him and Amari or him and Amari and Derek or whether it's just a case of a season got away and once a season gets away as this season is getting away from the Raiders you know every team and every professional sport when you're a losing team that isn't going anywhere for that year you have to make tough choices about the future so I think that's still a lot of it too you know what happens to Amari Cooper for next year do you see him being a guy you want to pay for years beyond next year and if the answer to those questions are no and you're a losing team and somebody calls you and offers a first round pick well that offer at that point may be too good to pass up so I think that was kind of the way John Gruden tried to to work his way into an answer about Amari. All right, J.D., good stuff out there in Alameda. We'll see you later tonight at Oracle Arena when the Warriors take on the Washington Wizards. We'll talk to you soon, J.D. All right, sounds good, guys. Take care, J.D. All right, good stuff from John Dickinson there. Boots on the ground here. Let's lighten things up. We'll discuss the Laters a little bit later in the show, but St. Lee's coming in at 1 o'clock on the Afternoon Delight. So let's talk about the NBA executives. Our NBA executives really... He rules with an iron fist, which is fine. That's okay. 
But I don't know if any organization truly will be successful with that type of coaching. Belichick maybe does it that way. Maybe that's what he's trying to do. But yeah, it'll produce wins. I guarantee you it will. And I'm happy about that. I'm just not happy with his complete line of some bullshit. And that is all I have to say about that. All right. Is Derek Carr next on the block? Oh, brother. He's been on it for months. After paying our young quarterback, Derek Carr, $19.6 million a year for the next four years, um, the Oakland Raiders, I don't think, are in on him. As much as they like to say so, don't trust what you hear. That's something lesson that we should learn. It's a lesson the team has obviously learned. And I don't think Derek Carr and John Gruden are that close of buddies that they go over each other's houses and play pinochle together. Trust me, that ain't happening. Gruden has a persistent, you know, giddiness about his quarterback that he could trade in a second just like he did about Mac Cooper. Um, I believe there's a few other. Carl Joseph is on the trading block. Uh, There's a bunch of players on the Raiders that are ready to go. Now, I don't think they'll trade Carr before the end of the season, but it is possible after this season, however, just before next season is supposed to start, I guarantee you they will cut him or trade him. He's out of Oakland. He's not the guy... Gruden doesn't think he's the guy. We know he's not the guy, and he's digressed terribly in the last two seasons. No touchdowns for the last two games, zero, which in this NFL is something. I mean, this is the NFL of the pass. I mean, there's very little run situation. It's it's the passing league, and you got to have a guy to get the ball out there. Now, I'm thinking... He's going to put in A.J. McCarron uh, this next game, you know, at the last second. Maybe not. He can't hurt Carr anymore. Carr's getting pummeled every game. Assembly should be back. Let's hope that's the case because he's got to really take care of Carr. And it's not because he wants him to be healthy for us. He wants him to be healthy for a trade. You can put your money on it. It's going to happen. I guarantee you. Derek Carr is not the quarterback of the future. John Gruden knows it. And he's just going along with the program, his program. Derek Carr and his teammates seem to be having some issues in the locker room. There's no doubt. At the beginning of the season, I'm sure he was telling everyone in the locker room, trust Gruden, he's a good guy, he's honest, he's a good dude, he's got our best interest in hand, just before they traded Mac. Now Carr looks like a fool, but continues to drag the company line of trust the coach. He's the guy for us, and he's watching out for us. 
And the team sees through Gruden like a cheap suit, like a cellophane suit, to be honest. And, you know, it's it's almost funny, but it won't be if you were in a workplace where you didn't feel very comfortable or secure. You know, nobody likes that. So if you're surprised about the way they're playing football, trust me, these play calls are pedestrian at best. Greg Olson will also be gone at the end of the season as a scapegoat for whatever. Gruden's set up for the next five years. He's five years now, because if he gets to rent a car, he's building from the beginning, and he's got million excuses, just loaded a bag full of excuses not to succeed. Now, I hope that's not the case. I hope the case is that we do succeed, because that's what I want. That's what you want. We all want that. But the way it's happening is is kind of untasteful. And the way it's going down is it's kind of crappy. And, you know, for the fans here in Oakland uh, that were hoping for just a decent season, hey, man, I wasn't looking for a Super Bowl. I just wanted some wins. And, well, this is what's going to happen this year, next year, and the next year after that. So hold on, all you new Vegas uh, PSL holders. Hold on, man, because that first year or two could be a bit painful for you, but you'll be able to sell your seats, I think so, for sure, whoever's going to play there. I think. We'll see. Time will tell. Mark Davis is pushing this, you know, Taj Mahal Stadium. Looks nice. I'm happy for everybody who got a new stadium. Trust me, I am. They need a new stadium. I'm glad they're getting one. Too bad it's in Vegas, but it is what it is. And it's a good thing for the organization, good thing for the team. I think perhaps once there and the rebuild truly is underway, because it's not underway. It's the teardown is happening right now. It's a teardown of the Oakland Raiders. You know, I, the only people I think are safe on the team are the linemen. I think that Osemley's safe. I think Hudson's safe. I think... That core Miller's safe. I think the linemen are have a secure place so far, so far, uh, with the Raiders. But I, I, you know, I could be definitely wrong. I knew Cooper would have to go because we have to pay him. Uh, next year, he'd probably be demanding some crazy salary, like all of thirteen million dollars. Oh my gosh, why would you want to pay a number one receiver that? especially if he drops the ball all the time, especially because the quarterback's not doing his job and the play caller's not doing his job. And I think where you can see the quagmire here, and I think we are tanking. I think he's very happy to tank. I think his plays are juvenile. I think he's learning how to drive all over again at our expense. Oh, well. The future should be better for the Raiders. He's learning here. What are you going to do? Well, I ain't going to buy tickets next year. And I, I strongly suggest people don't go to the games. I know that sounds shitty, but, man, I'd love to see the, the stadium empty as a reflection of our thanks for this season, last season in Oakland. And I say you should come and see it because it is truly something to behold, never to be happening again, I guarantee you. Coliseum is by far a unique experience in the entire league, 
when it comes down to fan craziness and funny, uh, good people, great time. But uh, not to be repeated in Vegas. Trust me, they don't want that there. It's not going to be there. Not going to happen over there. And that's fine, too, because that's the future of the team. And, you know, that's not on me. And, and, and I'm, I hope so. I hope that the Vegas Raiders make it so. No matter what Mark wants, I hope the Vegas Raiders figure a way to get it done. And you know what? Quite honestly, I think they will. I think the Vegas Raider will get the job done because they know how to do it like nobody else, man. Raider Nation knows how to party down in the parking lot, and they'll find an empty lot if they have to. They'll figure it out. It'll still be fun in Vegas. A little more pricey, but whatever. It should be better football, let's hope. That's our all hope. My only beef is the way it came down. What a trip. What a trip it has been. And so Derek Carr is the next on the block if they can get him to play halfway decent before the season. But quite honestly, I don't think they care. I think that they'll pay him and move on from him and let him go. Let him go somewhere else. They'll cut him and then go look for their next quarterback because they're not giving him an opportunity to succeed. You can't take all the weapons away. I mean, Jared Cook is our number one guy. Jared Cook has got more receptions and uh, yardage than anybody else. And, by the way, Mari Cooper, there were 44 other players in the league that caught more passes than him. No, there's 44 more people in the league that have more yardage after the catch than him. And there's 60-some-odd players in the league that have more catches than him this year. Now, I don't know if I can attribute that to him or the play calling, because, bro, you got to believe that the play calls that we're calling for this team are just so lame. There is nothing, and I mean nothing, fooling anyone in the way this team is played, the way they've, they've called the plays. I mean, it's <laughs> it's so predictable, it's not even funny. But it is what it is. That's what they're trying to do. John's tanking the season, I guarantee you. I think I still think Veggie McKenzie is out at the end of the year. I think his job is done. I think they'll hire an accountant to do the contracts, and uh, John Gruden will be king over the land. The sea in the air, there's not much sea in Vegas, or let's just say the sand in the air, and that'll be it. And we'll see what happens from there, because um, it's it's going down, it's burning down, the house is burning down, and I see Derek Carr not here uh, for the 2019 season, uh-uh, nope. Maybe not that either. Maybe they'll keep him for another year because the stadium won't be finished. So then we'll tank another season because we'll have a crappy season then too, or wherever we play. And then we'll have all these extra draft picks. We'll have some players maybe. We'll see. We'll have two first-round players 
playing for us, learning how to play the game. And then maybe that next season, a new quarterback. Uh, one thing's for sure, Carr is not going to be here. I think he's gone too. I think any of our skilled players, with the exception of the linemen, and I mean offensive linemen, I don't mean the defense. Because, um, well, we'll see. We'll see. Linemen are hard to come by. Big boys, they're tough to come by. And uh, everyone's looking for them. So I don't know about trading any of our big boys. But any skilled players, uh, definitely on the block. And that is all I have to say about that. Before I get into the bone line, I just want to sum up this situation we're in as fans and as a team. Derek Carr is accused of losing the locker room. He's accused of crying. Hey, man, I'd cry too. You know, here you have a kid who thought he was on the upswing and he bought into all the baloney of John Gruden, or should I say, shit, uh, like the rest of us. And clearly, uh, he's not John Gruden's guy. If he was, uh, these things would not be happening. And um, he should be preparing to be jettisoned from the team and looking for his next team. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, there were some glimpses. I think he had 26 touchdowns and or 28 touchdowns and, and six interception in the 2016 uh, season before he got hurt. He was moving like a freight train. And now the team is being dismantled around him while the coach is handing him, you know, a bag of dog crap. You know, I feel bad for the kid. I really do. I don't think he's the guy strictly because the coach doesn't think he's the guy. And he's not supporting the guy. So Derek should find a way out. Now, Cooper trade was uh, the huge explosion in the room uh, to the Cowboys, of course, that absolutely eviscerated the team. It cut from stem to stern, opened us up, and just everything fell out. The season's over. Now, these players are going to keep playing because they need to put film, good film up for their next team or good film up so maybe John Gruden likes him to keep them around um, a little while longer. But make no mistake, the Raiders were going to be in the toilet for the next couple seasons for sure until they solidify yet Another quarterback from the quarterback guru, Gruden. You know, don't give me that bullshit because I don't believe it. 
John Gruden, everybody keeps telling me he's a quarterback guru. I watched Monday. Derek Carr looked rattled. Amari Cooper had a horrible game. And John Gruden took a shot yesterday at Derek Carr uh, for not hitting an open Amari Cooper against the Rams. Listen here. If we had more first downs in the second half, had more time of possession, uh, perhaps we would have seen more Cooper. But uh, you look at the film, we had him open wide open deep. We didn't go there. Uh, he was open a couple times, and uh, for whatever reason, we didn't go that route. But, yeah, we want to get him going, and um, that's easier said than done now. That's kind of a shot at Derek Carr. So let me ask you this. For all you people that put outside your restaurant, best chili in town, best burger in America, world's best pizza, I keep hearing that John Gruden's a quarterback guru. He had nine quarterbacks in Tampa. None developed into stars. He had four quarterbacks in Oakland. Rich Gannon won an MVP the year after Gruden left. You know what I think happened? He was the first TV analyst to really talk only quarterbacks. He created that quarterback camp over at the other place. Now, I talk quarterbacks now. Dilfer talks quarterbacks now. 10, 12 years ago, John Gruden was the first analyst that branded himself, I'm a quarterback guru. And we all know how business works. First in matters. McDonald's was the first people to kind of figure out the mass production of hamburgers. There's been a lot of copiers since, but a lot of the reason they win, they were first in. And Gruden was first in on, I'm talking quarterback, and that's all I'm talking, quarterback camp. And so I think it's taken his brand and his reality and trumped it up. We're, we're, I don't get it. I hope the very best for Derek Carr um, and the team, because I just think the organization is so sour. It's so, you know, it reminds me of Trump. I know I shouldn't be talking politics, but you know, when you have a president that lies constantly, it just permeates the entire government, organization, country, you name it. And that's what you got with John Gruden. You got a liar. He's a liar. We're doing everything we can to build this team the right way, and uh, we'll continue to do that. You know, he wants the Raiders to win, I'm sure. But at the same time, the team knows that he's full of crap. Terrible position. But as fans, yes, again, we have really no recourse. I'm not going to the rest of the games this year. I, I spent good, hard money on tickets. But... I'm not going to go to see, sorry about that, my dog, uh, well, she just started the bark. But, you know, I'm not going to go and spend my hard-earned money or my time on a team that's not invested here. And it's obvious, you know, they're not trying to win. So that's my choice. So, and that's a choice I'm making. And so... I, I would hope that others make the same choice, but eh, that's just my personal choice. I'm going to miss my friends in the parking lot. I'm going to miss a lot of things about this team, but it's time to let go. It's time for me to let go, so I'm letting go now <laughs> rather than let go at the end of the season. And, you know, it's not the players' fault. They're trying their best. Like I said, they got to put good film on so they can either move on or stay with the team. Good for them. They're going to try their hardest. Trust me, when Gruden says they're working their ass off, they are. They are because their livelihood depends on it. Uh, no, no one's in a comfy spot, including Carr. 
And um, that's just the way it is. And as fans, we just got to deal with it. That's the way it is here in Oakland. And on a bright note, like I said, man, the Raiders are going to be so much better in a few years that all the bandwagoners will be all over it. Stadium be full of people with brand new jerseys and brand new Raider gear. And it'll be funny for me and several other fans for sure to see the the blooming of the Raider Nation once again when we start to win. It's kind of funny. But I know this. We've been in the dumps, and I know who's been there in the dumps. And those are really the diehard fans. My heart goes out to them who's been putting up with this team um, who hasn't won a championship in over 30 years. Yet we still go and we still try to make it so. Unfortunately, it will not be so in Oakland. So, rather than continue to whine and complain, which I'm not going to do no more, I just wish the very best for the Raiders, wish the very best for the organization. It's going to be some more drama coming up here, I'm sure, not too much further. Reggie will be gone. There'll be all kinds of other crap that's come out. Because this team, any losing team, has these kinds of issues, and this will continue to happen until they move to Vegas. Then there'll be stability and yada, yada, yada. I love the Raider Nation, man. It is an amazing fan base, probably the most resilient fan base uh, in the league. And that being said, that is about all I have to say about that. Right, let's get to the bone line because you guys need to vent it out, whatever it may be. Let's hear it because uh, you can do that on 1-800-620-7181, 1-800-620-7181, right here on the bone line. Throw your bones. Let's hear it. And our first caller of the show, my very good brother, Raider Dan from KC. Now, he usually calls just before the KC games, but hey, man, he's got something to say. Let's listen to him. What's happening, my brother? Raider Greg, Raider Rand, this is Raider Dan from KC. It's time for me to call. I should have called a long time ago, but I didn't call. It's time to call. And I probably will not call until the Chiefs Raiders game. With them saying that, you're absolutely right. Khalil makes a Hall of Famer. I was drinking the Kool-Aid, but I threw it off the counter after game one. This is a disaster. We all know this. And what ticks me off the most is two years ago, we were in the playoffs. It seemed like it was 15 years ago. And the way John Gruden is running the organization to ground, along with that clown owner who don't care, I have no idea what we're doing. You know, we get, I, I, at this point, blow it all up, get Carr out of town. I'm in favor of him leaving. You know, I'm glad Khalil Mack is not here to see this crap because he was part of our building block back in the day. Reggie McKenzie going to be gone. Mark Davis don't care. John Gruden, 
goes to, I don't know, the rest home and pick up an entire defense from the geriatric crew, it's just crazy. Everybody done quit. I told all Raider fans on my job after week two, we will win five games or less. They will quit on him in week five. I guess I should have called earlier. You know, I'm not no Sadamus because I listened to the last podcast, and as usual, all Raider fans, they're pretty similar. But when they're saying that, go Raiders. I'm always going to support my team. I know the game's not over. I think it's like 27 to nothing. I hope they lose 45 to nothing and, you know, dump a bunch of rocks on top of Gruden's head or something. I don't know. But I still go Raiders. You know what I mean about, about the Chiefs. Win that game. If you don't win any game, win that game. I'm out. Oh, hell yeah. I'd love to have the Raiders win the Chiefs game, either one of them. But, uh, well, you know as well as I do, bro, that ain't going to happen. The team has quit pretty much. The individuals will play as best they can, and that's what we got. You're absolutely right. You summed it up. What else can I say? I've been saying it this show. Um, It's over, man. I said four wins. I'm talking maybe three wins, maybe three, uh, maybe two at this point. Because uh, it looks like right now, if the season stop, we get the fourth pick in the 2019th draft. What a proud, proud moment for a team that just two years ago made it to the playoffs. Appreciate the call, brother. Don't worry. A few years will go by and we'll get better. But, man, I'm telling you, these rebuilds are killing me. Thanks for the call. And my next caller is my very good brother who has the pulse of the Raiders in Vegas. Raiders Steve in Vegas, a true Oakland Raider fan. Um, He's happy they're going there, but I don't know if he's too happy. What's happening, my bro? Raider Greg, it's Raider Steve in Vegas. I tried calling after the game last week, which I didn't get to see because I had to work on Sunday, which sucked. But you know what? At least I didn't have to see that garbage. My whole family came over to my house. I wasn't able to be there because, you know, I had to work and it went over and all this stuff. And I came home to a bunch of drunk, dejected negativity. And uh, I don't know how we got to this point, man. Like, I just, I'm listening to your podcast now after the Chargers game, and it's like, I'm. Normally, I would call after the Seahawks game, but I don't have any faith that we're going to win that game. I really don't. I mean, it's a home game. They got taken away from us. Uh, there's no excitement about this team here in Vegas. Uh, everybody's still rooting for the Knights, you know, who suck so far. Um, me, personally, I only have room for one team, and I give it all to the Raiders. You know, my fan, you know, I, I watch a little baseball, but it's pretty much all Raiders for me. I don't really care about any other team. And... uh you know, my brother said something to me the other day. He was talking about he hates the fact that he lets a football game affect his life so much. And it really does, man. You know how it is. It screws up your whole week. And I don't know how to turn that off. You know, now we're one and four. It's just kind of this dull pain uh, in the back of my, I don't know, like the middle, like between my heart and my gut. It's just this nasty thing that makes every day worse. Uh, because the Raiders suck. And then I hear everybody, you know what, I didn't just hear it on your podcast, but I've heard people saying that Carr is done, and I've said it myself, and people 
people talking about how we should trade them and everything. And how did we get to this point, man? Because 2000, even 2015, when uh, Del Rio was our first coach, man, like there was hope. They were good. They were exciting games. We went seven and nine, and you you could see it. You knew it was coming, man. And then, freaking. We have 2016, which I almost wish didn't happen because it, it gave us all these wild expectations. And I swear, man, the problem is Del Rio got rid of Musgrave. If that never happened, look, if that never happened, we wouldn't be questioning Carr at all because last year would have been a lot better. But even even if we had been awesome last year and made the playoffs, I still bet they'd fire Del, Gruden and get, uh, Del Rio and get Gruden because I myself wanted Gruden to come back. You know, I didn't get to see the Charger game. I watched the highlights, and we sucked. But, you know, Gruden had the second-best offense in the league. I mean, yards, anyway. And I I can't – I cannot imagine a scenario where we get rid of Derek Carr. I just cannot imagine it. Because how screwed up of an organization can we be? And why, why do I put up with this, man? How screwed up can we be that we're going to get rid of – the only bright spots, we've already got rid of Mac. Now we're going to get rid of Carr? And for what? If we do that, man, then we – then I, I've seriously got to start considering that Gruden is going to chip Kelly, this team, man. I'm so negative right now. Like, we need something, man. They need to come back, and they need to go like 8-8 eight eight or something, man, because this is unacceptable. I can't, I can't do this anymore, man. Like, they, they get rid of Carr. What the hell are we doing? Because even if they draft a new quarterback, like how do we know it's Carr's fault, man? Maybe it's Gruden's fault. And then if we get – well, we're never going to get rid of Gruden. But even if we – what are we going to do, man? Like no coach wants to come coach Oakland. And it's going to be worse here in Vegas. I'm telling you right now, man, there's not going to be that crazy fan base that there is in Oakland, man. There are uh, – I can't do this anymore, man. Like I look forward to football all year. I – I'm, I wake up every first thing I do in the morning is what do the Raiders do in the off season? Did anything happen? What's going on with the Raiders? It's in the back of my head. I talk about it at work. Everybody knows that I'm a Raiders fan, right? And some of them think I'm a pretty nuts, you know, crazy Raider fan. They make fun of me about it. And I'm tired of walking into work and seeing these smug ass, sorry ass Broncos fans talking crap. And the reason everybody's talking crap, you know why? Because it's the same old Raiders. And they know it. Deep down inside, they know. They know it's true. They know at some point the Raiders are going to screw up. And I'm the idiot for thinking that they're going to win every week and betting on them and watching the games with my folks, you know. My dad, my dad is 80, and he can't, I can't, like, he can't even watch the games anymore, man. And we've been doing this for 15 years. I'm so sick of it, man. I'm sick of this shit, all right? They need to get their shit together, and they better pull this out, man. They better go freaking 8-8 eight eight so I have some hope next season. Because if they go, if they win two games this year, I have zero hope for next season. If they get rid of Carr, well, then what the hell, sweet? I don't give a shit. They draft a new quarterback. If he can't, if Gruden can't make it work with Carr, then he shouldn't be the head coach because we know that he's good enough to be a good enough quarterback. So that's all bullshit. He's going to get another quarterback. He'll screw him up too, just like he did with all those other quarterbacks, minus Brad Johnson in Tampa Bay. Anyway, I'm sorry this took so long. I'm flipped out. This is bullshit. I've had enough.
Well, that is one hell of a great rant, bro. You laid it out like it is. Family watching the game, your 80-year-old dad who has been a Raider fan forever, you, your family, you know, and they traded Cooper, and you don't even know that in this phone call. I'm sure you're, you were on the edge before. You're over the edge now. We're not winning any more games, bro. And you're just like the rest of us. We're all fans, and we look for Raider news every friggin' day. If there's something that's about the Raiders, we're looking to see what it is. And lately, been nothing but piles of crap. So, Carr's not gone yet, but I'm telling you, man, I think he is for sure gone. Gruden's doing nothing to help this kid, and he's doing nothing to help this team. He wants to blow it up and start over. And it's interesting to hear that the fan base in Las Vegas is absent. That's funny. I hope Mark Davis hears this. I know he won't because he's an asshole and he doesn't listen to my show. But it's funny that you say that because um, if they don't improve things, they're not going to have a fan base in Las Vegas. I mean, they're selling tickets left and right. A lot of people I talk to in London, I have bought their season tickets in Vegas. A lot of Los, Los Angeles folks. Uh, I don't know too many people in Oakland that are going. There's a couple. But, um, bro, yeah, you know what? You're just like the rest of us. You're suffering. You know, you described it perfectly. I can't say any more than what you said. It was freaking perfect, Steve. Hang in there, bro. Eventually, you'll be able to go into your work and tell those guys to pound sand someday. You just tell them we're coming, and we're coming for you guys and you're really going to hate us when we get there. That's what I would say. Love the call. Love the friendship, bro. Hope you and your family are great. God bless you. And our next caller needs no introduction. He's been on this show forever. Love him, for sure, from Scranton, PA. You know it's Raider Chris. He's in the house. Passionate Raider fan as well. What's happening, brother? Hey, what's up, Raider Nation, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Chris, Scranton, PA. Uh, I'm officially making this my last phone call of the year, calling in the bone line. against Unless some miracle happens, which I don't don't see. Uh, trying not to curse on this, but this is going to be one of the most difficult calls I, I'm going to make. Uh, it, it's different games, same results. I mean, how many times can we continue to call in and bitch about the same problems with this team? And, uh, you know, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to believe it, you know. But after watching this game and just things building up, I do think that this team is tanking. I think Gruden is tanking. Uh, You guys may not, you know, agree with me, and that's fine. To each their own. But, I mean, there's way too much talent on this team to be playing like this. And what's crazy is before the game even started, I said we're going to lose 28 to 10, and well, I'm pretty damn close. But uh, you know, I'm not even going to get into that whole helmet to helmet thing because we all know the we all know that was going to happen. That you know the whole no call thing. But uh, you know, it just looks like these, these this defense is just 
jogging, not even trying to make a tackle. Uh, nobody's trying to get open. You know, just the same the same result week after week, and it's just it's it's sad to watch. It's embarrassing to watch. It's it's disappointing. And then I got to go out to work or out with the fellows and just hear shit about this team. Like I get it, we're the giants of the AFC. Like I get it. You know, at this point, I say get rid of everybody, get rid of everybody, and you know, we can't get no worse than what we are. So uh, we didn't know we didn't need to go to another country to get embarrassed because. We embarrass ourselves week after week so far this year. And honest to God, after this win, after this loss, we should be 0-6. We got lucky against Cleveland. Let's be honest. So, uh, Raider Nation, good luck for the rest of the year. I'm not saying I'm not going to watch them. I'm still going to watch them. I'm always going to be a Raider fan. I love my Raiders. But this is just sickening to watch. It, it really is. And uh, there's no heart in this team this year. You know, it really is. And, and, and Cleo Match probably sitting back laughing. He he don't mind getting out of what he got out of because this is sickening. You know, Gruden, you look at him fixing his visor. Chucky, get out of here. Give me back Del Rio. But, uh, yeah, this is sickening. 0-6 Raiders, not 1-5. And, And, uh, you know, I guess go Raiders. You know where we're going. Nowhere. Nowhere. Get rid of everybody at this point. Raider Nation. I'm out like that fat girl on dodgeball. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, thank you for doing what you guys do. I will be calling back next season. Uh, But, yes, I'm out. Well, thanks for the call, brother. And, you know, again, uh, here's a diehard Raider fan, again. You know, and I talk to people all over. I mean, everybody knows that I'm Raider Greg. Everybody Everybody I know, my friends don't even bring it up. They don't bring it up. They don't bring the Raiders up because they know it just freaking pisses me off. It's a non-subject to my closest friends. They don't bring it up because they know how I feel. And acquaintances, people that I meet that are wearing Raider gear, you know what it is? We look at each other and shake our head like, no, like, uh uh-uh, ain't going to happen. When they hired Gruden... They hired the dismantler, not the rebuilder. Um, you know, he's going to be the big excuse. Or he's trying to use, like, Greg Olson or some of these other clowns that he brought into his staff. He's going to clear those guys out, too. Trust me, it's a fire sale. And the shame here is there is no effort. The shame here is he's lying through his teeth. We're not tanking. I'll say this, we're not tanking anything. You know, I hear the hatred out there, some of the rumors that we're tanking it to get a first-round pick or a higher pick. Um, You know, we're not getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning to tank it. Ain't nobody tanking it. Oh, fuck you, man. Bullshit. Pardon my language, but I've had enough. He's a lying piece of shit. John Gruden has lost my complete respect, and I don't care what he does. I don't care if he... Wins a Super Bowl next year. He's a liar. Uh, you got to be smarter. I mean, come on. What do you expect him to say? He's not going to tell you the truth. You've been covering sports long enough. You've been observing it long enough. That's what happens here. He cannot tell the absolute truth, right? I mean, come on. What do you expect him to say? I can't tolerate it, man. Can't handle it. When you lie to the fans like that, and then hand him this. It's sore, man. And I, 
I know, because we'll all watch every game the rest of the season, and we'll all hear the same stuff at work the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, next year, who knows what's going to happen. But this year is painful. Two years ago, we were in the playoffs. Seemed like a decade ago. Love the call, bro. Talk to you next season. And our next caller is the Cheese Head Raider out of Wisconsin. You know, they make some damn good cheese there, bro. They make some silver and black cheese. That's what you're bringing to the table right now. What you got for us, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is the Cheesehead Raider calling from Wisconsin. Just got done watching the disgrace across the pond. So it's not bad enough that the Raiders play terrible in the United States. They have to wait until they go international to play the worst game they've played so far this season. Carr, seven sacks, two fumbles, no touchdowns. All we can do is muster three lousy points. And we're supposed to have one of the most innovative, the most creative thinking play caller in the game, John Luzon. I don't know where we go from here because we're digging a hole and we're going to go all the way through the planet. We're going to be hopping up on the other side. I don't think we can get any lower than this. Receivers getting injured, offensive line injured. Don't know what to say, but it's getting very depressive watching my Raiders. Well said, bro. Hey, listen, I was there. I spent the money. We we booked this trip at the beginning of the season thinking that we might have a chance. The Raiders have never won in London. Not one victory. And this game is especially ugly. And I'm going to be honest, I left in the third quarter because the train that brings everyone to Wembley uh, would have been brutally packed and terrible. I wasn't going to wait to see us crap on the field for another quarter. My wife and I and some other friends said, I've seen enough. We've seen enough. John Gruden, you know, he's a hack. I don't know if he's going to make his contract. I really don't care. I know he's a liar. And, you know, if he had come out and said, we're going to rebuild this team, you know, that would have been a different story. But he's not the guru. The play calling for the entire season has been so lacking and so dead it's not even funny we are the laughing stock again on all the radio shows all the tv shows and now that they traded car well we know it's over i mean uh cooper car's next car's next car will be gone he'll be gone before next year and then we're going to be searching for another quarterback Boy, I can't wait for that. That's going to be great. And with this coach, uh, you know what? I don't feel it. Don't see it. 
But, you know, I'm a Raider fan. I'm going to watch it just like the rest of us. But, uh, yeah, man, it's ugly. It's so ugly. <laughs> it's so ugly, bro. And I feel bad for every fan who traveled the 5,600 miles to go to London, spend their hard-earned money, and get this bag of crap. Thank you, Gruden. You suck balls. Appreciate the call, bro. Certainly do. And, you know, for all of you expecting the suicide prevention hotline, there's no prevention. Listen, we are all in the bottom of the toilet, not on the edge, in the rim, in the middle. We're at the very bottom where the toilet gets stained. That's where the Raiders are. Has nothing to do with us. We're good fans. We're great fans because we've been putting up with this crap for too long. I appreciate the call, and I feel you, bro. And our next caller needs no introduction, but I'm going to do it anyway. This is the Prez from Memphis, Tennessee. I love this guy. Very positive on the normal note, but hey, man, who is right now about this team? What is happening, my Raider brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, and the Raider Nation. You already know who this is, but I will make my introduction as I always do. This is the praise of RNOM, Raider Nation of Memphis, Tennessee. And boy, do I got something to say, but not like quite like you think. It's pretty much a given that um, we're talking this season as experimental season. And just too many pieces that need to be filled out. Something needs to be replaced. And I can kind of like just narrow it down. My heart goes out the car, but the old lines stock it up. Beast mode can only do so much. And the play calling, I don't know what to say about it. I understand that we're doing some shopping around. What needs to be, needs to be. I am not going to just throw Carp out of the bus just yet because this is the first system with John Gruden. But however, come plural, whatever. If you stink up this season, and I'm not, I know I'm, I'm going way far ahead, but I'm just saying, because when we get brand new organization men in, in the uh, building and they got to work their mojo and stuff like that, you can just pretty much expect a disaster. It's a miracle if they start winning. So I'm not really going to expect too much out of this season. Other than us to assemble a team, draft some good players, and see where we go from there. But I will say, and I hope John Gruden got his ears wide open, find a backup quarterback, bro. Because what we have doesn't look too good. It's not entirely his fault. But you got guys like Aaron Rodgers that came from injury that had a shitty line and a few others that they found ways to win. There's plenty of blame to go around. I still can't understand why we can't get these wide receivers to run deep, deep, deep routes and burn these guys. But that's not my call or my play. All I know is we stink. We stink to how you know what. But we just got to just roll through it. The suicide line, I'll let you guys know that. I'm not ready to commit suicide because I've smelled this one a long time. 
I did expect better results than this, but it's a disaster. It stinks. It needs to be fixed. And that's all I can say about that. So do not, and I repeat, do not set up any high expectations because all you're doing is setting yourself up for heartbreak. It's a disaster city right now. Plus, we don't even know where the crap we're going to be when the season's over with. And that's ridiculous. You know, um, we have no say over that. As much as I hate to say it, I, I, I'm kind of just ready for Las Vegas to go ahead and get here so we can have some kind of normalcy because I'm pretty sure there's a lot of things that take play. You don't even know the hell you can be playing in next year. I know it's not for the players we worry about, though, but there's tax for There's not excuses. We just think, man. We don't have our stuff together. Everything is just a mess. It needs to be cleaned up. And um, maybe about week, we might see a turnaround. Because technically, we should be 0-6. We got lucky, like I said last time, squeak by. This is the prayers. Not too much really to say because it's very much the obvious. We stink. Later. We summed it up perfectly. We stink. And why? It's ownership, leadership, everything. And next year, great point, too. Next year, we don't even have a house. We'd be, we'd be playing in uh, a high school field somewhere. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I hope Oakland don't give them that stadium next year. I want them out of California. Just leave. Perfectly good with me. Perfect time to leave. Bon voyage. Nice talking to you. And they ain't going to get any better till they do move to their Vegas home and start really doing something to try to bring fans from the desert. Uh, but right now, they ain't winning no fans in the desert. You heard Steve. Uh, there ain't anybody looking forward to this team coming to Las Vegas because they blow. And saying that, I appreciate the call, brother. Not much we can say about it, but you said it all. We stink. And our next caller is personal trainer Raider, and he's in the house. Boy, you better apply for a job there in Oakland. They need a personal trainer for everyone, including the lion-ass coach we got. What's up, bro? Hey, Greg, personal trainer Raider here again. Ugh, what was that? I mean, I live near D.C., so... Uh, a lot of conspiracy theories going around, and uh, I think now it's time to spread the conspiracy theory that the Raiders are tanking. I, I don't know what that game was. The play calling was terrible. The, the team just didn't show up at all, and the wrestling was just terrible as usual. I mean, at least I was on the clock and uh, made some money to watch today's game, but still, that was that was pretty bad. At least we have a extra week off before we face the Colts. I mean, the way the team played today, we're definitely going to need it. We could have five bye weeks, bro. Nothing, and I mean nothing, is going to fix this crap. Nothing. Except for moving. So, get on and move, Raiders. That's what I say. Thanks for the call, man. And our next caller is an international Raider fan. It's Hoodie in London. Let's hear what they got to say. I'm sure it's very close to what we have to say, but it's probably much more polite. 
What's happening, brother? Hey, this is Hoodie in London. Uh, been listening for a couple of years or so. Uh, never called in before. Uh, just got to say a couple of things about the London Games. I've just got home from the London Game, and I'm based in London, so it seemed like a good reason to call. Firstly, it's a disgrace on the NFL that this is a Raiders home game. Uh, it was just a sea of Seahawks, uh, 60% or so. Seahawks, maybe 20% neutrals, um, you know, in lots of different colors, and then 20% or less Raiders fans. And there were Raiders flags left on every seat, free flags for everybody to try and get them flagging because it's a Raiders home game. Obviously, these were just on the floor. Nobody using those. Raiders announcer, Raiderettes, Raiders music, and people basically just laughing this off uh, because there was just so many Seahawks. The boos were deafening when the Raiders were on the pitch. And this is a disgrace on the NFL because you know this is going to happen. Uh, this is uh, market research. You know within a few hundred people who is going to buy these tickets. You know well in advance. So everybody must have known what was going to happen at this game. And you can't do that. That is, a, that is an absolute disgrace. London is obviously not strong Raider town. Raiders play in London. Love it. I'm in London. But there's the away team because that's, that's what it was. And uh, secondly, on the play calling, uh, so many passes just dumped off for one or two yards, mainly to cars left. Um, is this Gruden's playbook? Uh, is this good coverage down the pitch so he's got no option but to dump it off? Is it him being uh, nervous, Carr being nervous because he's thrown a load of picks and he's, he's not confident to go down the pitch anymore? Uh, they didn't take a shot, didn't take a shot once, uh, not even for like 20 yards. Um, and when you're behind in the game, two scores, just the same, dump it off, dump it off, dump it off, time after time was incredibly frustrating. Uh, it was pretty disappointing uh, being surrounded by laughing Seahawks fans. And uh, all we can hope for is that there's, uh, there's some improvement coming. Uh, that's it from me. And I'm out. You know, that was a great description of the game. Because it was. And I'll tell you why it was. Because the Raiders fan base, the Oakland Raiders got 1,000 tickets to sell to their local fans. The Seahawks got 5,000 tickets. The NFL knew far in advance that this is going to be a horrible, one-sided uh, affair. Should have been a Seahawks home game because there were much more. I was there. I saw the same thing. The poor play. I mean, it was... <laughs> if you needed to sleep, you could watch this game over and over again because... This is our team. This is the way it is. Uh, Gruden's, you know, vaunted playbook with all his razzmatazz is like a roll of toilet paper and eventually goes in the same spot, right down the crapper, just like our team. I'm sorry you had to watch that mess. I'm sorry for everybody who spent a dollar to get there and buy seats for that embarrassment um, yeah, the NFL, listen, they're not our friends. They never have been. I'm not a big fan of the, the league itself. They've been hosing us forever. 
This was a just another line of hosings for the Raiders. And uh, sorry you had to watch that mess, bro. Sorry I had to watch it too. But we had a great time in London. My wife and I experienced a great time. Great people. Such a wonderful country. Um, yeah, I'll go back again. Not for a game, but I'll go back again because it was a wonderful experience. I appreciate the call, brother, um, from an international Raider fan. Next caller is Andy, also international Raider fan. Uh, he lives uh, 60 miles south of London. What is happening, my brother? Don't take it to heart. <laughs> We're all used to it by now. What's happening? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. Uh, this is Andy. I'm in Brighton on the south coast of England, about uh, 60 miles south of London. Maybe that makes me the Brighton Raider. I don't know. Um, I followed the Raiders for a long time. I uh, saw them in London uh, when Vince Evans was quarterback playing an exhibition game. What joy that was. Um, discovered your podcast uh, a few years back and been listening ever since. So thanks for that. It's great work and uh, love to listen. Haven't called before, but having just seen the game that's been played at Wembley in London, I uh, thought perhaps this was my time. And the reason is that uh, I didn't know what to expect from the crowd. Uh, but it was just a complete avalanche of Seahawks fans uh, for a Raiders home game. Um, probably, I don't know, 80-20 or 70-30 or something. And maybe there's a lot of neutrals and people wearing all kinds of kits and stuff shoved in there as well. But it was truly uh, it was a Seahawks home game. Um, and it was very surreal hearing the uh, all of the Raiders uh, you know, the Raiders announcers and all of the flags and all this other stuff going on. That's all the Raiders home game. Um, and it was it was surreal. And the Seahawks fans found it very entertaining um, that it was such a hostile uh, environment for Derek Carr and the Raiders. Uh, the booing was uh, was very, very loud when they were on the ball. Um, and the thing that the uh, that I find weird about this is that uh, when any big organization, the NFL is a big organization, puts an event on, uh, there's uh, there's audience research. They know who's buying the tickets. They know, you know, who's going to be there. Um, and if they're not doing that, then that suggests a lack of diligence on behalf of the NFL that would be just massively, woefully unprofessional. So when you're picking these teams to play international games, surely you've got to be putting the home team into an environment where they have like a strong base of support. I guess we did in Mexico, if I remember rightly, but uh, this was, uh, this was just embarrassing um, from a, from a, from an NFL point of view, putting a, putting the Raiders into that situation. Doesn't explain the Raiders woeful showing. Um, I was sat around Seahawks fans because there was, Nothing else you could do but sit around Seahawks fans. And even they were willing, Derek Carr, to throw the ball uh, further than three yards. Um, it was just, I don't really, I don't know where that's coming from. Um, I, I don't like to diss Derek Carr because we've all seen how good he can be. Um, and even this season, he's had his moments. But uh, whether it's the the play calling or him or 
or what. I don't know whether it's great coverage. It's it's hard to say, but uh, just, you know, little two, three-yard passes every time. It's uh, infuriating to watch. Um, so another bit of an aberration, uh, particularly following on from the Chargers game, which, let's face it, wasn't our finest hour. Um, hopefully there's more to come. Maybe this is just Gruden having to work through the cobwebs um, and maybe next season is our season, but uh, there weren't an awful lot of positives to take away from today, uh, unless you were a Seahawks fan, in, case, in which case the whole thing was one massive, massive piece of entertainment. Um, and given that I had to sit next to a load of them, uh, that was a bit painful. Anyway, uh, keep up the good work, guys, and uh, maybe I'll speak to you again. Cheers. Do you guys hear a tone in those phone calls? I do. I hear guys that uh, are Raider fans in London that don't get to see the NFL in person very often, and then they're handed this. Not only was the play so freaking lame, and the play calling was pedestrian at freaking best, but... The Seahawks were the home team. There were Raider flags on every seat in the stadium, and I'm telling you, 90% of them were on the ground when people left. Nobody took them because there were no Raider fans there. When our team was on the field as a home game, it was deafening. The Seahawks fans were the 12th man was well in place. How embarrassing for our league, certainly for our team. Yeah, I feel bad for anybody who went to that contest. And um, poorly done is an understatement, to say the least. I appreciate the call and your description of the nightmare that was this year's London game. I will not be seeing them there again until we have something to put on the field we're going to go visit London, like I said. We're not going to see a football game. Uh, no friggin' way will I pay to see that garbage again. Appreciate the call, brother. Very well done. And our next caller is Raider Jim from the East Coast. What's happening, Jim? I know it's tough, bro, but let us have your opinion. Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider Jim from out here on the East Coast. Oh, man, this Raiders team just don't even know what to say. Um, I'm watching the, the Chiefs and the Patriots as I make this phone call, and I'm watching them play football, and I'm thinking about our team, and I just don't understand why we are this bad. I know we're rebuilding. I know all of these excuses, blah, 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 blah. But we are ter- we're the worst team in football. We are the Browns. And it sucks. And it doesn't make any sense. And it's like the team's cursed. I have nothing good to say about, about the Raiders right now. Nothing good to say. So at least I'm part of the nation. 
we will stick together. We will continue to root for the Raiders. And they're so bad that we start asking ourselves deep philosophical questions like, why do I root for the Raiders? Why am I a Raider fan? What is the meaning of this whole thing? Oh, well, we will continue to root for the Raiders. I know I will. It's the only thing I know. So thanks, Greg. Thanks, Randy. We'll continue to listen to your podcast, man. It's therapeutic. In in the worst of times, it is therapeutic for the downhearted Raider fan like me. So God bless the Raider Nation. Thank you, brother. You know, it's funny. It's very well said because I've watched a few games myself that are truly competitive, truly real football. And um, we're tanking, bro. We're doing it on purpose. There's no other reason. The team is in dis- disarray. The management, the whole the whole thing is ugly. And why we're Raider fans, I don't know, man. I, I can't. It's like a virus you can't get rid of. I love my Raiders. I love the Raiders of the past, the mystique, what they used to represent. 30 years plus ago was our last championship. 30 years plus. And buffoonery ever since. Why we root, I don't know. But this year's team is particularly painful to watch. It is as entertaining as watching a snail cross the sidewalk. Uh, And I think that might be a little more entertaining, quite honestly. I feel you, bro. And I appreciate the props. We try to do our best here to, you know, give an opportunity for the fan to uh, to vent. And that is really uh, the goal this year. Because I know there's a lot of guys out there that have had enough. Trust me. Appreciate the call, brother. You stay safe out there. And our next caller is Raider Dominic. What you have for us, my brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Raider Dominic again. Day following my my very first call into the bone line. I thought I'd call back again, uh, maybe less depressed, less pissed off, with more to say. But uh, I don't know, man. We look terrible. And for a very long time, I've been trying to stay pumped up and positive. And, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any of that left to go around, man. So, again, it'd be great if we could just fast forward to the draft. I think uh, the Raiders showing on the field between Gruden and all of the players, I think it's uh, it's insulting. And I think the fans deserve much better than this. Uh, I mean, this is hands down the best fan base that a team could ever hope for. And year after year, we, uh, I don't know, man, we just can't seem to put a, a working product on the field. And I don't understand what it is that, what, what, what the curse is surrounding the Raiders that uh, doesn't allow them to improve in the same way other teams do, doesn't allow them to, 
maintain a competitive edge the same way other teams do year after year. Uh, I don't know, man. Anyway, like I said, I'm less depressed today than I was yesterday, so happy Monday to everybody. Make it through the week, and uh, we can all suffer together this Sunday. All right, ready, Dominic, out. I freaking love it, bro. We can all suffer next week. (laughs) It's true. Got a great fan base. But the team is run by the Three Stooges. That would be Mo with his bull haircut, Mo Davis, uh, Veggie, McKenzie, and Gru. Um, Yep, the Three Stooges are alive and well. The slapstick comedy continues. We are comical. Where it's just not even entertaining. I don't know how anyone would even pay to come and see them play, but yet the Raider fan keeps showing up. I don't know why, for crying out loud. I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to any more games. I'm letting my seats be empty. I paid good money for my seats, and they're empty, and they're going to be empty the rest of the season because I refuse to spend my time driving to Oakland, going to the tailgate, even though I'm miss, going to miss everybody and all that, I will not go to witness such garbage. Appreciate the call, brother. And our next caller is the Chucktown Raider from South Carolina. What you got for us, brother? You're a pretty funny guy. What's happening? Hey, Raider Grant. Hey, Raider Randy. This is the Chuck. Town Raider coming from Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, fellas. Man, what can I say? What is there to say about the the loss to the sea chickens? I tell you what, one thing comes to mind is that uh, this is when you find out who the real Raiders fans are. This is when you find out who the fans are that were way, they're on the wagon way before 2016 season came along. And uh, I tell you what, I've got special love for this fan base, Raider Nation. And, uh, you know, I used to feel bad for the Browns. <laughs> Not today, brother. Because <laughs> the Browns are looking, looking like they can do something. And, uh, well, we're, uh, well we're, we're just doing our best to put the ugly. In football, yeah, you know, I heard uh, somebody from one of the other podcasts mentioned. Uh, in fact, uh, the the pillaging podcast. Those fellows were talking about Raider fans are in it for the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> There's plenty of ugly, man. Even when we're winning, we win ugly. You know, the the, the just win, baby. Uh, when we do win, uh, the that phrase, that that quote from Al, just win, baby. You know, I feel like it's. Just win, baby. We could just win. If we do win, it's just it's just a victory. In fact, uh, I, I don't I don't mind how things are going. Uh, of course, I was hoping for something entirely different, like we all were. But uh, you know, the uh, the pendulum is going to swing the other way. It it's got it's got nowhere else to go. So I'll just hang in there and uh, and keep watching games and keep supporting. Uh, the Raider Nation and uh, enjoying uh, this experience that we have with y'all. And uh, once again, uh, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, we really appreciate what y'all do for this fan club, this fan base, this, uh, this Raider Nation. And 
time. Much thanks, much love, much appreciation to y'all. And uh, till next time, <laughs> this is the Chuck Town Raider, and I'm out. Well, brother, you're always sounding happy. Every time you call, no matter what. Yeah, the bandwagon is empty. It was filled up in 2016. You could barely see the true fans from all the bandwagon fans in the Coliseum that whole season. It was like somebody plugged in a light bulb and there was light in Oakland for that year. And then it's dwindled down to the same hardcore fans that are going to be there this Sunday and next Sunday and the rest of the Sundays until the the team is gone. Um, Yeah, just win would be a good thing, but we're we're not doing any of that. And when you mentioned the Browns, uh, the Raiders are the Browns. The Raiders have been the Browns for 30 years. We have not been able to get over the hump and make it to a championship in 30. Come close, but um, too many times not even close. I can't even count how many coaches we had. I have run out of toes and fingers. I can't even count how many quarterbacks we've had, once again, out of toes and fingers. We suck so bad that it's not even entertaining. I mean, why do you watch football to begin with? For hope? For a chance to win? Oh, my gosh. This team is not playing. This coaching staff is not coaching. We suck ass. And that's just the way it is. Oh, no! We suck again! And um, I feel for anybody who goes to a game, because I sure as hell ain't. Appreciate the call, brother. And our next caller needs no introduction, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's Raider Sid. He is the Desert Raider. What's happening, Sid? What up, Raider Nation? Raider Randy, Raider Greg. Thank you for the podcast. This is Raider Sid, the Desert Raider. Hey, I'm fucking pissed off. This is a bunch of bullshit. We are back to 2007. We suck ass. And you know what? It's not fair to the fucking players. It's not fair to the fucking fans that Gruden is dismantling this fucking team. And I understand why he's fucking doing it. But he's, he's, we're not winning this year, and probably not next year, and probably a few years after that, if he keeps getting rid of what fucking young talent we have. Son of a bitch, man. If you want to fucking go with your own guys, that's fine. But don't fucking not play somebody just because you didn't pick them. Fucking Gary on Connolly is a fucking first-round pick. Carl Joseph is a first-round pick. These guys have talent. Use them. Build around them, you fucking bastard, son of a bitch. Oh, well, that being said, man, you know what? There's nothing we can do about it. Nothing I can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. Fucking not even Mark Davis can do anything about it. This son of a bitch has power, right? Fucking reminds me of somebody else who's in power that does whatever the fuck he wants and doesn't have to account to anybody. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Fucking pumpkin head up in the White House. Anyways, I'm still with the Raiders. I'm still going to follow them. I'm not going to fucking bail out. Really? Shit. I went through 15 years of this shit. You think I'm going to bail out now? Getting interesting. No, but he is working on uh, making this team viable for Vegas. 
And you know what? You're going to have to keep the young players if you're going to do that. I understand Cooper being on the trading block. I'd probably trade him too while he has some value because that guy's just not doing it. And uh, all these rumors about Carr getting traded, I don't think that's going to happen until the bitter end. But you know what? I don't know. I can see uh, Gruden saying, screw this shit and finding another quarterback with those first-round picks, and then we're back in the same hole. We need defensive players. Come on, Gruden. Pull your head out of your ass. Quit making it personal. Let's make the fucking team better, all right? All right. Mrs. Raider said, that's right, yeah. Let's go Raiders! Well, you see, I love this call for so many reasons. I love it because he's still positive, even though he's negative. He's still positive because he's always going to be a fan. We're always going to, all of us are going to be fans. I must, I'm always going to be a fan. You know, people are always going to know that Raider Greg was the Raider fan that they know. Um, And when we start winning, yeah, I'll hear it all from all everybody. But listen, right now, uh, yeah, you mentioned it and I thought it too. This is the Art Shell years all over again. This is the forgotten Art Shell season all over again. That's right. Horrible everything. Horrible calls. Horrible selection of players on the field. All the bullshit that he rants when he talks in his press conferences. I used to feel sorry for him. I did a little while ago, but now I I love it. I hope the reporters grill his ass every loss. Every game. Because he deserves it. He deserves to be on the hot seat of the media. And I hope they fry his ass on TV. I love it. I love it. I take great joy uh, when we get pummeled and see him wiggling around uh, at the podium trying to come up with some fucking bullshit reason why we lost again. And how he's going to try to make it better. And we have to work harder. And we have to play better. Give me a fucking break. Gruden, you're a tool and a bad tool at that. Yeah, I don't know about him. I hope he's not around. I hope they get rid of him, too. It would be a great thing. I'd rather start all over from the very beginning, including him, because there's one thing I can't stand about Gruden. Listen, even if we're losing, okay, I'm fine with all this. I'm fine with getting rid of Cooper. I'm fine with him restructuring everything. But don't lie to me. Don't lie to my face. Don't tell me you're going to do your best to make this team a championship team before you leave Oakland because that's what you said, and you're a lying piece of shit for saying it. You're a liar. I mean, come on. What do you expect him to say? He cannot tell the absolute truth. That I will never forgive. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller, the food stamp raider from Maryland. Another fan lost in hostile territory up there uh, where the Ravens are playing pretty good. Uh, What is going on, my oppressed Raider brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Food Stamp Raider from Maryland. Uh, Just checking in. I think we all know what we're dealing with. First of all, I want to wish everybody that went out to to London and represented. I hope all of y'all have safe travel home. I saw the article on ESPN with the videos. Got to see the main man, the Crusader Raider, representing. So I just want to shout him out and all the fans that went out there 
and spent their hard-earned money to support the Raiders. And, and as usual lately, y'all supported the Raiders more than the people on the field did. And let's just get to it. Let's just throw it out here, man. Gruden has sabotaged this franchise. Hiring Don, Tom Cable to be the offensive line coach who is married to the zone blocking scheme was a mistake. Osemele lost 30 pounds to try to fit into that scheme. Osemele was the best guard in football. He was a monster. Our offensive line was the either the best or the second best in the league. It was either us or Dallas. And we were a power blocking scheme, and we were taking care of business. They ruined the offensive line, which also ruins the offense. I won't even mention the Mac trade. We already know that shit is sale. But John Green Gruden don't know what he's doing. He's proven he doesn't know what he's doing. You can't rebuild and win at the same time. You got to do either or. I told you before, Ritter Greg, he lied to y'all at that restaurant. He wasn't thinking about winning. And he sure ain't thinking about Oakland. I feel for everybody that spent their money and went out there. I hope y'all had a great time, man. Because y'all sure enough didn't get no nothing back when the game started. Gruden has sabotaged this franchise. It's all about Vegas. Mark Davis needs to sell the team because he's the one that signed off on that ridiculous contract. And Gruden know he got 10 years to do what he wants. Hold on, everybody, because it ain't going to get good no time soon. Uh, shout out to Silver and Black Pride. That's where I got the phrase, mascara man, he needs to go to. Reggie, goodbye. Fire sale time. This is Food Stamp Raider from Maryland. Wishing all the Raider Nation peace and blessings and love. And uh, just hold on, y'all. I'm out. I love this call. It really says everything. You know, I too, you know, went to London. And Crusader Raider is the host with the most. He did a great job. His family, friends, they kicked ass making events for us. The Jack the Ripper tour and the London bus tour around London and the pregame party and the pregame brunch. It was all amazing. Showing yet again that the fans outperform the team by far and continue to do so and always will. I don't see in the near future a lot of improvement. We'll see right now. It's all about the destruction of the Raiders. So we all have to go through that. And I understand it. I know we'll get better. But don't tell me it's raining and pissed down my back because it ain't the same thing. And that's exactly the bill of goods we got from John Gruden, who I foolishly wanted back, and I regret it with every breath. Thanks for the call, bro. And our next caller is the Pomona Raider. Haven't heard from him in a while. What is going on, my brother? What's up, Raider Greg? Raider Randy? It's the Pomona Raider. Um, Monday night, watched a hell of a game with the Packers and the fucking Niners. Oops, sorry about that. Uh, helping me win my fantasy football league. So, uh, I'm to talk a little bit about my Raiders. I ain't got to lie, first time this season. It's hard to say, but it's a fact. First time this season, after halftime, I changed it and watched the damn Steelers and the 
Uh, I forgot who they were even playing. I thought I watched some other game that was more interesting because the Raiders are that freaking boring. Um, I'm hearing now that we're trying to give up Amari Cooper, asking for a first-round pick, which is something we're probably not going to get because now they know he's on the trade block. Um, a little disappointed in Gruden. I think that we had pretty, uh, not a, the best of teams, but we had a solid um, base that just needs some pieces to put in place and um, I think he's going all in with full destruction mode and let's make it be his pieces which I can understand in a certain certain perspective that uh, you know like greater great you said certain players that were drafted by McKenzie fit, fit Jal Reels um, idea of uh, playing defense or offense and now Gordon's got his own idea of doing things so now he got to get his players but damn you're really jacking us up, Gruden. I'm now I'm on the boat of saying F John Gruden, man. I mean I mean we had what sixty straight years of this crap. Now we're gonna go back to this shit? Come on, man. I mean we don't even know where I mean I'm from SoCal, but I don't mind going to Oakland. I drive up there, I fly up there, and let's go watch the games. It might have to go up there before the end of the year because it's looking like something's gonna happen in Oakland where they're not gonna let us play there next year. And, you know what I'm saying, this is the type of production you're going to fucking give them? Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Greater Greg deserves more than that. The fans of Oakland deserve more than that. This, what we're putting on the field is just crap. All that whooplash about how the tackles what we need. Yeah, definitely. We did, they need tackles. But, man, can we get some better play out there? I mean, I understand Fulton Miller, Miller, I heard, has got like a, uh, a level two um, sprain in his, I think his hamstring or something like that, which is hard to play with, but he's playing through it, but he's running 74 out of 74. At some point, we got to figure some stuff out. You know, none of his draft picks are playing like top-quality draft picks. Derwin James was there, and so was um, homeboy from Alabama, Fitzpatrick, or Fitz, yeah, Fitzpatrick, or Fitzgerald, whatever his name was. Another safety. Both them boys balling out. And we got a Cole Miller. This I don't know, man. Raider Greg, I don't know. I'm gonna continue sort of supporting my Raiders. You know, I like drinking, I like eating, I like good times, I like chilling with the family and friends. So, cheers to all of y'all. Uh, you know, it's gonna be a crappy season. Just look forward to a high draft pick. All I honestly, all I can do is root for the Bears to lose, like they did this weekend. I love Khalil Mack, but I'm sorry, dude. Um, you know what I'm saying? He got shipped out, and at this point, you are the enemy. So. I'm going to root for your team to lose so we have a better draft pick for you guys. All right, man, Raider Gray, you guys enjoy your week. I'm going to enjoy this two weeks with the bye week because I cannot see the garbage is on field right now. So love y'all. Talk to you guys uh, after our next game. Later. Well done, bro. Well done, Pomona Raider. And listen, this dude drives all the way to Oakland from L.A. Tell me that's not dedication. Tell me that the Raider Nation isn't hands down way better than this team, certainly better than this coach, way better than the owner deserves. I don't know, man. I, I'm i not even driving from up here, Santa Rosa, to Oakland. I ain't going, bro. I'm going to miss my friends, my family down there, but I'm not sitting in my seat. Not going to happen. I'm going to leave them empty just because that's all I can do. It's all I can do. The team doesn't deserve me cheering for it. I'm not going to go there 
party up, catch a buzz, climb into my seat and watch this? No. No. I have other things I can do with my day, which I will be doing. Um, and they don't deserve to come back next year. I don't care where they play. I certainly not going there either. I hope they play in a ghost town. They deserve that. They don't deserve any help. Um, I know the Raider Nation will show up. They always do. But this Raider fan, I'm finished with it, bro. So they uh, move to Vegas, then I'll start watching them again. But I ain't going to the games. Uh, I know my hat goes off to you, brother, that you go. But I've spent too much this year already going to London. I ain't spent another penny on gas or time. That's my protest anyway. Appreciate the call, bro. And our next caller is The Stranger. What's happening, Stranger? What's up, Raider Greg, Randy, Raider Nation? It's The Stranger again. You know I've been listening to this podcast for many years now, but it's time to do what strangers do, and that's disappear. You see, there's nothing left to talk about. They are who the record says they are, which is one blown call away from being winless and arguably the worst team in the NFL. I never imagined they'd be worse than the 2017 Raiders, and my heart goes out to anyone who is unfortunate enough to be in London. I really feel sorry for you guys, but I don't feel sorry for Gruden. Just looking at some of the moves he made, he only has his prideful arrogance to thank for where we are, and the Mac trade is shaping up to be the worst in the history of the NFL. But you know what? It's not all his fault. Can someone please tell Mark Doofus getting Gruden wasn't the big effing deal. It was trading Mac. That's the big effing deal. And, uh, you know, as Raider fans, we've all been down this hapless road before. But here's the difference. I don't need a suicide hotline anymore because I just simply let it go. It is what it is. And when they become unwatchable like they are now, I just go straight to the highlights and save three hours of my time every week. And I will never, ever, ever again be an emotional slave to any sport. To me, that would be a sin. When you put things into perspective, at the end of the day, it's just a game. And my God and my Savior is Jesus Christ, and taking your last breath without knowing him, now that's no game, my friend. Until next year, I bid you farewell. That's a great call, bro, and great perspective, to say the very least. The best perspective, I must say. Yeah, you know, this is not entertaining football. And I I also am beyond the suicide hotline. The, the suicide hotline was two games ago, or a game ago even. But we're, we're far beyond that. And so I think as a, a, a fan base, we just have to realize what it is and not get too emotional and understand that, you know, the buffoonery that's going on is out of our control. And enjoy our life. Do other things. Spend your Sunday doing something else, like going to church. That'd be a better idea. But watching this team is a waste of time uh, until they turn it around. I, I don't even know what to say other than uh, the buffoonery continues and the Gruden move. Yeah, you know, it's a popcorn fart. It's got no substance at all. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller from Orlando, Florida, Raider Tom. He's in the house. What you got for us, my brother? 
Raider Greg. Hey, this is Raider Tom in Orlando, Florida. Love your show, buddy. I, I love you. Listen every week. Love your show. But uh, this is probably going to be a fucking negative call, but oh, well, here we go. You know, I'm a longtime Raider fan. You know, I, Gruden really isn't the answer. When, when does it ever work when we go back to the past? You know, you go back to relations and work. It doesn't work out again, dude. I see him in about two more two years, and he'll be gone, dude. This debacle is just is just getting. We're just kicking this shit off, dude. No, another thing is is Carr. Carr's got to fucking go, dude. You know he was great that one year, dude. But he, you've seen his eyes, dude. He's done, dude. He might as just go and um. You know I'm a Christian too, but he needs to spend more time down at church and and less time being the quarterback for the freaking Raiders, dude. And 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 getting another win, and we might get another win. Well, uh, I think. We got a chance against Arizona, the Colts, and Denver uh, winning. And we're lucky if we won one of those games, two and 14. Hopefully we get the first pick so we can get the Oregon quarterback and maybe we get some, uh, an edge rusher. That would help. And we always say the greatness is in the Raiders' future. I'm um, shit. That's way in the future. I, I, shit. They, they lost 14 out of the last 15 years losing seasons. I don't see anything changing uh, soon. So uh, I guess we just, it's all about the draft again. And hopefully uh, Veggie gets fucking fired and we start all over. So, sorry to be so negative, but, and, you know, the truth, the truth hurts. I know. Love you, Raider Nation. Bye. Oh, no, dude, you're not being negative. I mean, negative would be if we were decent or halfway decent and you're capping on some things that, you know, that, that would be negative. This is a fire sale. We're all at the fire sale. They're selling everything off, the desks, the tables, the players, you you name it. Everything's up for grabs. I bet you in Alameda, all that stuff is for sale, too. You want to get a couch? Go to Alameda. They'll give you a couch for a good deal because they're getting out of there next year. They're going to pack up their stuff and move the hell on. I can't wait. I think maybe this was a good thing for the fans here in Oakland. I think... That is a fitting, fitting goodbye. Because if they were winning and gone their way to the Super Bowl and they left, it would be probably more painful. But this way, you know, I don't give a crap. Please leave today. Don't even finish the season here. Don't even play another game in Oakland. Just pack up your bags and move down to San Diego or El Paso or San Antonio, or UNLV, wherever you're going to go, please go, because it would save me um, the anguish of having to see you here on local television. Unbelievable. But it is what it is, and we got a long way to go. This is a reenactment of the Art Shell year, uh, and all you guys who are Raider fans know exactly what I'm talking about, Art Shell, Tom Walsh, that whole season, that was probably the most painful season other than this. Appreciate the call and the passion, bro. And our next caller is my very good brother, Obi-Wan Raider. What's this? The tank that doesn't exist is being backed up and offloading more players? What is up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation? Obi-Wan Raider calling in from Spring, Texas. Raider Greg, I know it's been a couple of weeks since I called in last. I've just been trying to avoid it because I had a lot of negative thoughts. 
They are ensuring that they are loading up for Vegas. I have to admit it, so Lady Greg, Lady Randy, Lady Nation, them pulling off a first-round trade for the inconsistent Amari Cooper, that's pretty damn good in my book. That was a damn good negotiation. Jerry Jones is being the Al Davis in his final years making ridiculous trades. I sure as hell wouldn't have given up a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. I guess they think uh, younger players don't care about not knowing where they're playing next year. It seems like the only ones that have any type of security are going to be Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson, the three defensive draft picks, uh, Key, Hurston, Hall, Miller, and Brandon. Our new left tackle and right tackle, maybe Carr. Hell, maybe not. That's a week, maybe, on Carr. We don't trade you love to Maury Cooper. We wouldn't trade him. We weren't trading Cleo Mack, so who fucking knows? Honestly, though, I don't see him actually trading Carr for the simple fact next year's quarterback crop, crop looks like crap. I don't know, man. It's just, it sucks. Especially thinking now that they're knowing that Marshall Lynch is injured and Doug Martin is still on the team. Who thinks Doug Martin is capable? He's capable of not playing in the hole. He's capable of not having any burst. He's capable of not giving this team any type of lift. Who knows? Maybe all these draft trades will be the start of a 15-year dynasty for us. And again, it could be the start of one big-ass headache all the booze in Vegas won't cure. Fuck it. Either way, Maria Greg, Raider Randy, it's still my team. I don't have to like the uh, front office, but the Raiders will always be my team. And besides, the booze is free in Vegas, so let's go, Raider Nation. Only one Raider, and I am out. Well, you had another good call by Obi-Wan Raider. You know, Cooper's gone. You guys know that by now. Uh, I've already gone through that. And I think Carr will be next. Now, I'm not sure when. I think next year, I think before the season starts next year, we're going to lose Carr because they don't want to pay him $19 million, 19.6. No, they're going to cut his ass. And we're going to end up with A.J. McCarron. He's going to be our guy, at least for a year until a decent quarterback comes up for the draft, because we'll have some first-rounders then, too. You know, that's what I see. I see the same thing you do. Uh, Shades of 2006. What a joke. Complete joke. Um, And the fans deserve more than this, but we always have. Uh, We are this organization. We are the Raiders. They're not the Raiders. We are the Raiders. Appreciate the call, brother. Our next caller is Ruben from North Carolina. What's going on, my Raider brother? What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Nation, Raider Randy? This is Ruben from North Carolina calling in. And, you know, just saw on the wire that Mark Cooper got traded for a first-round pick by the, from the Dallas Cowboys. All I have to say is, you know, the last couple of years, he's been nothing but a disappointment, leading the league and drops and, you know, not showing any type of passion. You know, this season looked like he's not even in it. You know, I don't, I don't understand what his deal is. Maybe he doesn't want to play. Maybe he doesn't have the passion anymore or just, you know, the whole trade Mac away is, you know, affecting him. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't say – what is Gruden doing? I would say, what is Mark Davis doing? Does he not see what's going on with his team? You know, 
Reggie has all his faults, you know, having draft, bad players, and all the other stuff, you know, hiring Dennis Allen. But he did fix the salary cap, and he was able to bring some good free agents for offensive line to protect that, uh, Derek Carr. Um, and drafting Khalil Mack and, you know, getting some pretty good players in the last few drafts, you know, deep in the rounds and stuff. I want to say Gary and Conley is going to be good. But, I mean, you know, drafting Matt Carr, uh, Gabe Jackson, those those right there, to me, give Reggie a little bit of a pass, but not too much. And, you know, I don't understand what John Gruden is doing also. What, but he says he studied, he's been studying tape for the last 10 years. What tape that he did not watch? Did he not watch, you know, that the Raiders a couple of seasons ago were a broken leg away from making a playoff run? I mean, come on. Now you're going to blow up the whole entire team because you want your guys in there? That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Five years to get this team to where it's at now, because I would call the 2012 season a wash. That that was just a horrible season for us. We had no first-round pick, no money underneath the cap to get any good free agents. You know, and from 2013 on, on up, you know, it's been nothing but rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. And here we are now. You trade away our defensive player of the year, um, and now you let Crabtree go. You let... Um, Correll Patterson go, you've, you've given away players for absolutely nothing. You bring in a bunch of old aging vets. You bring in Marshawn Lynch, who, don't get me wrong, I like him, but come on, Radio Nation, you know what this is all about. The guy takes a year off. Mark Davis moves the, uh, plans to move the team to Vegas. So what is he doing? I mean, he's just trying to bring people back to the stands so he can have money to move the team to Vegas, and call it like it is, the guy is broke. He's the poorest owner out of a bunch of million billionaires. He's the only millionaire in a group of billionaires. So, I mean, and then bringing in John Gruden with a guaranteed contract for 10 years, we're, we're, I, I just don't understand how this does not fall on Mark Davis. Mark Davis, what has he been doing? What is he trying to do? If it's the fact that he's just trying to move the team to Vegas, and try to keep the fan base and not try to alienate people by bringing, uh, you know, John Gruden, who's a beloved figure in the Raider Nation history. That's a bunch of BS. I don't buy it. I see right through it. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I, you know, I'll, more than anything, I would love to see the Raiders win, but in Oakland without a gimmick. And even going to Vegas without a gimmick as far as, you know, the size of, of John Gruden. Because to me, He's just a sideshow. When, when they talk about the Raiders, it's all Gruden, 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 Gruden. You don't hear much of anything from Derek Carr or anybody else on the team. So, you know, I, I don't – I see right through it. Um, I don't trust Mark Davis whatsoever. And this whole lawsuit with, you know, with the city of Oakland versus, you know, the Raiders and Mark Davis and stuff, it's going to get ugly. And the only ones who are going to suffer are the fans. The players don't give a shit. They don't care. They're going to get paid anyways. The coaches, who cares? They're going to get paid anyways because if they don't have a job with the Raiders, they can find a job with somebody else or, you know, on a college um, program or a high school program. It doesn't matter. 
they're going to get paid. The ones that hurt the most are the fans. We're the ones who are driving these seats, driving the ratings, you know, buying season tickets, buying PSLs. Uh, somebody like myself who lives on the East Coast buying a Sunday ticket on DirecTV, you know, we're the ones who are suffering. And Mark Davis, to me, is just, I, I can't stand the man. I, I, I don't like his whole way of doing business and the whole, the way he's, I feel, in my opinion, is alienating, you know, the, the fan base that is Raider Nation. You know, I, I go online on social media and I see there's a convention of nothing but diehard Raider fans in Las Vegas. I mean, those are the people who are going to, you know, I consider myself a diehard, but those people, people who dress up like Gorilla Rilla, you know, a violator and so on and so on, you know, what's going to say about them? You know, you know, other fan bases, you're going to see those people and, you know, look at them and say, well, they're a bunch of fools. You know, they supported the team, all that, you know, through and through for all these years, you know, dressing up as diehard fans, going to every single game, representing, you know, the Raider Nation, you know, TV promos and all this other stuff. For what? For what? I just, I don't know. This is just my opinion. Um, I'm sure there's other people that feel the same way, but, man, this, this you know, in a season that with so much optimism and, and you know, everything being positive is turned bad. And um, I don't know. I, I This is probably one of the lowest low points. You know, going back to the, the long stretch of not making the playoffs and having continuous losing seasons, even with, the art shell season, this is probably the worst, you know, but I don't know. Well, my time is up, you know, got to give other people a chance to talk. I just want to give my, my opinion. Thanks for taking my call. Bro. Good call. Good call. Let me just say Mark Davis wouldn't be a boil on his father's ass hole in a million years. He's not an owner. I don't even think he's a man. I think he's a little boy. Little boy that was rejected by his dad. And now he's just trying to sell the team. He ain't going to keep this team. Mark Davis is not an owner. He's a punk. He's one of the three stooges, like I say. Mark Davis is Mo, of course, because of his bull haircut. And then you have Veggie McKenzie and John Gruden. The three stooges running the team, and the team plays just like it. Matter of fact, I wish they would play more like the Three Stooges. It might be entertaining. This is worse than the Art Shell year because we had so much promise. And the promise was, I'm going to do my best to bring a championship to Oakland. Well, if this is John Gruden's best, well... This ain't good enough for nobody, bro. And he should be fired for cause, like the old man used to do, put up a big projector and say, this is what's happened. fact that Mark hasn't stepped in and said a word shows you what a pussy he is. And just incidentally, uh, he went to a crab feed for the Belitnikoff Foundation, which I still think is a very good organization, well worth going, well worth contributing to, because it does very good things for women in bad situations. Uh, Tracy's House of Hope, what a great thing. But he went 
to this event, which is nothing but Raider Nation in there. And also, he went wearing an orange jumpsuit. Orange, you heard me. Orange jumpsuit. Not a white jumpsuit or black jumpsuit or a silver jumpsuit. It's an orange jumpsuit. And he got exactly what he deserved. When he came into the room, everyone booed him. Booed him. Showed him exactly what an idiot he is. That's from people paying 180 bucks a piece to have dinner. These aren't chumps. These are real fans putting out real money. Mark Davis is a boob. Doesn't deserve to be in the league. I cannot wait until he does sell the team and disappears into the night, wherever it may be. Obviously, he's not making any decisions. He's leaving that to the veggie and Gruden. So we suffer with this. Marshawn Lynch was just a publicity stunt. He ain't coming back. His groin injury, he's finished for the year. There's no more publicity stunts that's going to work on this fan base. We've seen it already. No one's going to do anything different. Like I said, my two seats will be empty the rest of this year because I'm not selling them. I'm not giving them away. I'm going to eat them just as a statement to say, okay, well, there you go. I'm not going. I paid to go, but it's not worthy of my time. Appreciate the call, brother. And our next caller is the Ghost Raider. Perfect time of the year, bro. What scary stories could you have for us today? That's freaking funny, man. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Ghost Raider in the house. Hey, a lot of stuff been going on. First Khalil, now Amari Cooper. Yes, 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 yes. People are jumping ship already. I can't believe we got rid of Cooper. Me, personally, I'm glad we got rid of Cooper. And here's why. Two years in a row with most drop passes in the league. Wanting big man money and playing like the fourth the best wide receiver in his uh, wide receiver core. So I'm I'm honestly I'm okay with getting in a first round draft pick for Cooper. Come on, man! Nobody was going to give up no first round. Luckily, the Cowboys are dumb enough to do it. But Cooper is not worth no first round draft pick. But y'all got a a lot of people are getting upset about it, and this the what you have to understand: getting rid of Cooper and Mac now allows us um, a range of fifty million, just a Little range. I'm not for sure if it's about that. Between 40 to 50 million extra on cap space. So we're going to be up there top 10 um, with salary cap. Five first round draft picks and the first round for the next two years. It is going to be good for the Raiders. Now, one thing I don't like, we're tanking. Absolutely. If you don't think this this move especially was a tank move, yes, it is. Um, 
Derek Carr, don't be shocked if he's gone because he probably will be. Also, Carl, Gruden wants his guys. These aren't Gruden's team. This isn't Gruden's team at all. Gruden wants his own guys in there. And I think he's doing that now. Like I said, it's bad. It's not happening in Oakland, but it's going to happen. So don't don't give up, guys. I know. I know it's bad right now, but in the next two years, you're going to be wanting to get back on that ship. I guarantee it. And that's all I have to say about that. Well, that's a good call because Cooper was traded to Dallas, who's desperate for a wide receiver. Thank goodness Jerry Jones didn't learn a lesson from Galloway and Williams. Those other two guys he traded for didn't work out for him. I hope Cooper has a good career. I hope he does fine. That's good. Uh, It didn't look like he had the effort to play here in Oakland, and the coach says as much. Uh, He had been fed up with the buffoonery around here. No doubt who would not be. No one's jumping ship. No one's off the ship. We're all going to watch next year's joke of a season, and then probably the third year we might start seeing some progress. But nobody's jumping ship. Like I said before, I'll say it again. Don't piss down my back and tell me that it's raining because that's exactly what Gruden said. I would have respected him far more if he would have said, we're going to rebuild, we're going to start, we're going to do things differently. Don't be surprised. We're trying to get this team built up. Yes, I would say, okay, well, now whatever happens, I'm ready for it. But he didn't. He tried to sell a bill of goods. That was a bunch of bullshit. And unfortunately, unfortunately, I would have bought tickets too. I wouldn't have changed my mind about buying season tickets. I'd have gone in with eyes wide open. Okay, well, here we are. That's not what happened, man. He's a liar. And another thing, let me go back to this too, and I'll say it right now. Players who played for him in the past, trust me, they did not like him. He was not a coach like Del Rio where they would give a kidney on the field for. No, Gruden was not that guy. Gruden was an asshole. And we heard that from more than one player that played for him in the past, I'm not surprised. He appears to be an asshole anyway. I think he's an asshole in general just because he's a liar. And that's what I think. Nobody's jumping ship, bro. We're all still on it. Uh, The few of us that are have been on it for many, many, many years through the buffoonery. So we're still on it. I still got my seat on the ship. Uh, We ain't going nowhere, bro. Appreciate the call. Last but not least is uh, the Pomona Raider. Now, he called in earlier, but this is after the Cooper trade. And I think I'm going to put this on because he's got a lot of good points. And I think we all should listen closely because, well, this is where we are. What is going on, my good brother? And there you have it, Raider Nation. What's up, Raider Randy? What's up, Raider Greg? This is the Pomona Raider. I'm on my way to the gym, trying to put down that bottle every now and again. So um, there you have it. We went ahead and traded Amari Cooper. And we got a first-round pick. I got to say, that... That I do like because I was hoping that 
was Gruden saying that Cooper was going to be the focal point of the offense, we're going to get rid of the the drop seats. But Cooper doesn't show up. Um, and when he does, he does have a, a bit of the drops. Um, the whole offense in general, it really isn't. Carr's fault, Cooper's fault, Marshawn Lynch's, uh, Lynch's fault, if you think about it, recently. Because in the beginning, we are playing pretty good, just couldn't close out the games. But recently, you've got uh, Colton Miller playing through a, an injury. Both of the tackles are rookies. Um, I picked a little higher than they should have been, but, you know, I think next year they'll be a lot better. You can see them growing into their, their bodies once they get a little, little muscle on them. But then uh, you have Kalechi, you know, I mean, he's right there, and he's been hurt the last couple of games, I believe, and um, so it's just Hudson and, and Gabe. So, I mean, man, it's been like a turnstile. So, you know, Carr hasn't really had the time. That's why it's been looking like, uh, you know, jump off city. But um, check down Charlie, and it sucks, you know, because other quarterbacks are able still to make something happen uh, when, when they have a bad offensive line. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. Um, Cooper being gone, I'm glad that uh, we didn't go through this shit with Joel Siegel again, where he's going to demand a large contract because I don't think he's worth it. Um, I could compare him to uh, Randall Cobb from the Packers. He took a friendly deal, getting, I think, $11 million a year. I think even Devontae Adams is a way better receiver than Cooper. He took a friendly deal at 14, I think, 14 and a half a year with the Packers. So that doesn't seem like that's what these guys wanted to do. So, um, I don't know. I'm good with it. What are your guys' thoughts? Um, I'd like to, you know, hear what you guys think about that. We're on free, full rebound, um, rebuilding mode. And I think I said this on my last, um, my last take that I feel sorry for you, Raider Greg and Raider Randy and all the, all the Oakland fans out there. Um, cause this is supposed to be the last hurrah there. And I was hoping that we're going to do something big time for you guys. Like Gruden said, but obviously now, I mean, going back on his words, I mean, this shit ain't for Oakland. Um, should not, should not, never made some of the moves that he made to begin with. But I'm hearing already that we're about 79 million in cap space now with that move from Cooper. So, fuck it. Here's Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you know, uh, let's, let's let's see what free agents are out there, and then let's draft good. I mean, man, we have possibility of having three top 15 picks. So I'm like, let's root against the Bears, let's root against the Cowboys, and let's root against the Raiders for the rest of the season. Because as far as I see it, no point in rooting for the Raiders right now when they're obviously tanking. So screw it. Let's have a drink uh, when they uh, when they score a touchdown. And let's have a drink like uh, Mercury Morris' punk ass when we lose. So, um... I don't know. What do you guys think about it, man? Uh, we got the Colts this weekend. I think it's a winnable game, but, uh, man, Andrew Luck's coming back to what it used to be. So, when we whooped our ass the last time he played a game, that's when a Derek Carr broke his uh, his back or his foot or something. I can't remember what it was. I think it was his back. Um, so, uh, I don't think it was, it was his foot. Anyways, uh, during that game, that's when we whooped uh, the Colts pretty bad. So, hopefully we could do that again but then lose the game. <laughs> All right, guys. Enjoy the rest of the week. Hope to hear from you guys soon. Later.
Well, that's a great call. And you know, the reason I call it a great call, because he lays it out pretty good. Much better than I did. Like I said, the Raiders are going to be better. They're going to be better when they go to Vegas because they're going to they're going to get these draft picks lined up. We freed up cap space, obviously, and uh, we got a first round pick for Cooper out of a desperate Cowboy organization looking for a receiver. So, you know, and and rooting against the Cowboys, absolutely against the Bears, absolutely. And definitely against the Raiders. I hope they don't win another game. I hope they lose every single game the rest of the year. Even if it's, you know, if we win, I'll be so pissed. That'll be like the worst thing ever. I want them to lose because it'll be a higher pick, better pick. I want the Cowboys to lose for the same reason. And I want the... uh the Bears to lose for the same reason. The higher we go, the better it will be. Top 15 picks, that's about right uh, for all three of these. And some really decent free agents. Now, I don't know if Bell will come here. Uh, I'm sure he would if we paid him a lot. Um, but w- we can look at other players as well that are worthy to rebuild again this team. I don't know where the hell they're going to play next year, and I don't care. It's going to be another debacle so we can get a higher draft pick. I can tell you that for sure. And the fact that you said exactly what I said about Gruden blowing a lot of bullshit about winning in Oakland, oh, that's bullshit. You know that for sure, because that wasn't even part of the plan at all. Just try to get more money out of the local fans here in Oakland. And that's a shame because of as much support as these local fans has given this piece of shit owner. I cannot believe what an asshole Mark Davis is. I hope he gets booed everywhere he goes. I'd spit in his food if I served him food at a restaurant. Trust me, be a big spit too. Appreciate the call and the perspective. You got it, bro. It's exactly where we should all be. I appreciate it. Well, that is it for this edition of the Raider Nation podcast. Not the suicide hotline. We're past that. We're not even. <laughs> that's already over. So right now, we have to root for the Cowboys. We root against the Cowboys, against the Bears, and really laughingly against our own team. We can't win any more games. I hope we don't win shit. It's important. We need to get these draft picks as high as we can to get the talent that we need to, again, build a team, hopefully, for the future. Be ready to watch A.J. McCarron, because I'm sure it's coming. The offensive line is a mess because, not because of the injuries, it's because it's zone-blocking scheme And these guys are not zone-blocking linemen. They are power linemen. Assembly is a power blocker, not a zone blocker. These guys aren't nimble on their feet, although that might be where they want to go. But I don't think Assembly is going to make it in that scheme. I just don't think so. So he might be gone too. He might be traded as well. Uh, Gabe Jackson could be traded. Um... Rodney Hoods. 
Everybody's up for grabs. We're having a fire sale, folks. So don't be surprised on any names, including Derek Carr, to be on the trading block. So that's about it for this edition. I don't know what else to say to you guys, but, you know, this is what we got to hope for. And this is where we are this time of year. I mean, I can't be giddy about any games. I hope we lose. The the Colts are terrible. They're just as unentertaining as we are. But I hope we squeeze out a loss at home. I hope we do because we need it. (laughs) Never thought I'd say such crap. But there it is, right in plain sight. I am ready, Greg. And I am out. Out.